On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick wonder if there truly is always time for Star Wars time, because this past week was about as devoid of Star Wars news as it gets. But cast your worries aside, because these two bags of wind will have something to spew about. Such as a sneak peek at the tiny cabins fans can stay in at Disney's Halcyon Hotel. Or how about a recap of the latest Vader comic, because Matt has got one for you. They'll also drop some thought bombs on the news that Ubisoft is working on an open world Star Wars game before closing with a discussion on a Kenobi set photo. Of course, the fan segment will round things out with fans describing their ideal Star Wars game from Ubisoft before the boys honor this week's top five Star Wars fan artists in the feature segment. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody, we are here, and look who decided to join me after all. That's right, the hey. co-pilot strapped himself in after all. Now you're probably wondering, what the hell is this guy talking about? Is he already out of his mind? Well, no. If you're a super fan, and you're in the Discord, or if you follow our IG, you knew that there, there, there was a monkey wrench thrown into today's program. Uh, thanks to my my man down there getting hit by a rebel cell, taking out his power generator. We didn't know if he would have some fuel to turn on the camera, get the mics going in time for the show. That's why we're a little late, you know, about 30 minutes after our usual start time. And uh, I honestly thought I'd be doing the first part of the show solo. But look, the power company <laughs> came through. Nick, a.k.a. Chewbacca of the Star Wars Time Show, is here after all on the live stream, ready to talk about all the not juicy Star Wars <laughs> topics that came out yeah. since the last time we chatted. Yeah, I mean, I called up the power company. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you guys know who I am, but the Star Wars Time Show starts in 15 minutes. So get your shit together. Get my power back on because the people are waiting. And uh, they came through. They came through at, at, in the nick of time. I, I messaged Matt and I was like, hey, power's back on. Just waiting for the Internet to kick back in. And it was right as he was about to hit the hyperspace button. So, yeah, here we I go. mean, it was, it was literally he's about two minutes from when when the go button was about to be pressed. But I, I'm glad he's here. The, the show's always better when it's the both of us, even if no one chooses to watch or listen, which is the case right now. I mean, I get we're 30 minutes late, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, crickets. It is crickets Nobody in the live cares. stream chat. Uh, not, not, not very surprising because it is the Star Wars time show after all, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's Big Amish. We got you. You can always count on him being in there. I know things are getting a little late for Tones to be in the chat, but he might pop in for a little bit. Uh, we had a new one join the Discord, Nick. Yeah, I know that the name is excellent. <laughs> is it Chewbacca's left nut? Yeah, that's it. That's him. He's a he's a new Discord member. Uh, so I feel welcome. like I feel like we may know Chewbacca's left nut, or it's another disturbed individual like ourselves. I'm definitely disturbed. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, he may be a like an Instagram <laughs> follower that 
just jumped on the train. He did say that it takes him uh, at least a couple of days to finish each show because they're so long. Uh, not surprising because it also takes me a couple of days to get through our own show. So uh, Yeah, I mean, it takes me no time at all because I'm like, who wants to listen to that bullshit? I, <laughs> I live through it. I'm not listening to it again outside of, you know, brushing up on some shitty stuff I might have said, trying to prove my, you know, my blah blahs and my blee blees. And just to make sure that I lined up our two tracks because I try uh, to artificially inflate our numbers any way possible. I listen go, yeah. to it on Google Podcasts. I listen to it on Spotify. Nice. I like listen that. to it on Apple. I like that. <laughs> See that that's what Nick is go. doing all week long after the Star Wars time show. He's just <laughs> listening to the show on every platform that we are available on, which is damn near all of them. So yeah, yeah. get with it. StarWarsTime.net. I don't want to say it out loud, Nick, but we keep getting solicited to to grab.com. Apparently, it's become available again. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and um, I guess maybe in my younger days, before I hit the 40 mark, I might have jumped on that and put on my tech hat again. Uh, <laughs> but at this point, I'm like, eh, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I like, I would, I if we were to get it, I wouldn't change anything. I would just have it IP forward or like that. That's what forward. I mean. Yeah. Like we yeah. would, you want the dot com. It does sound yeah. better. Like I heard. It sounds someone, more official. Someone, uh, I was listening to Howard today. I think a show from last week, but a caller called in. He's kind of friendly with Howard. They knew each other. So he let him drop a plug. He's like, yeah, I just launched this new site douchebagbags.net and i'm like ah the dot net just always <laughs> even the name douchebag bags you're kind of like all right that kind of sounds like I, the star I, wars time show but <laughs> the the dot net just doesn't make it seem official yeah i know right it seems like and the funny thing is is dot net is the is the most acceptable subdomain right next to .com. Right. Like it is, it is the JV of the, of the .com. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like we're star Wars time dot show slash ball sack. Like we're, we're a legit domain. (laughs) If anything, at least we don't end in dot RU. Yeah, exactly. If that was happening, then, you know, we are definitely uh, some form of commie spies, but we're not, we're dot netters. Could be dot comers if I ever feel like it, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Yeah. Finally, the person who had just the bear picture on StarWarsTime.com. <laughs> you went to StarWarsTime.com as a fucking, like a, it was almost like a can of grizzly, like the chewing tobacco bear. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. Uh, you got to get that, your Bartow friend to, to like somehow stealth slip a Star Wars time show mention into the into the Stern show somehow. Just be like, yeah, man, I was listening to this stupid Star Wars podcast. I wish. I wish like he's <laughs> the thing with my buddies. He's very, I mean, if you listen to the show, you, you know, there's, there's behind the scenes players that, that die to get on air, right? Like that, that's their goal. They'll do stupid shit. They'll throw other people under the bus. Uh, my buddy has always been like, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to get mixed up in the, in the stern universe with all you nut job fans, you know, dox me this, that, and the other thing. So he, he stays relatively quiet when, when the show's <laughs> on. I mean, you'll only ever hear him if Howard's like, hey, what's going on with the computers? And you might hear a guy, you know, pipe in like uh, Howard just clicked the, the start button or something like that. that that's about all Bardo's going to give us. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It'd be nice. I've been asking for 10 years. I mean, back in the EB days, I was like, yo, let's try to, Let's try to get something going on there, even if it's on the, the Geek Time show or something. But yeah. No. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. None of my friends in the entertainment field 
stump for lowly Matt's little fan projects. <laughs> it's okay. You know, we, we've built up a bit of a, a listenership on our own. So yeah, who, I mean, at least te- we have tens of fans on the live stream and hundreds of fans on the other platforms. So yeah, we're we getting go. there. We're getting there. I mean, December, Nick, was... A high, a, 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 we did see some gains over the other months. And we actually missed a show, which was nice. So... Uh, who knows what's going on? And we know the story here. If you're a longtime listener, uh, my candy ass is never going to be happy until I'm happy. I, I don't know what that's going <laughs> to be. I don't know if that's like me actually just being dead or what. But I won't know if I'm happy until I'm happy when it comes to the show, its listenership, its diehards, this, that, and the other thing. Right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hard one to please, but I am happy to see that our boy Gregu snaps is back. There we go. Uh, I was starting to worry about Greggy boy. I mean, he, he's definitely one of the original diehards out there. Uh, I know he's been dealing with some real life shit. He had a pet pass away. Uh, it's never a good time, especially if it's, it's a, a long time pet. Uh, it was like what, a year or two ago. Yeah. 2019. I lost my cat at 18 years. I know what that's like. Uh, we actually, for New Year's Eve, because, uh, again, the only way I feel emotion is if it's depression and sadness. For New Year's Eve in the Haywood household, we watched uh, Pete the Cat's uh, kind of memorial video. Because that's what normal people do on New Year's Eve. Uh, but I wanted to feel sad. Because, like I said, that's typically the only time I actually feel like a real human. Emotion, yeah, in any way. So, that's that's a little sad. But you know what? We're we're here to try to bring some joy to you guys with some Star Wars stuff. I will say that there's not a ton to hit this week. No. Matt's got a comic book breakdown and we got a we actually have one big piece of news that I called out yes. last week on the show. That I, I said I said, keep your eyes out for this, guys. It may be coming sooner than possible, or sooner than we possibly thought, and it did. So we'll get to that soon. But Matt, before we jump into topics, I want to ask you, did you listen to any more of the High Republic? novel no and no. i have a few things i want to talk about too before we okay. get into it so i know dude well, well here's the deal i told you as long as i've got stern to listen to that's it like it, yeah. it dominates the ears uh he he's back in session and his lazy ass has actually done two full weeks of shows or at least six total shows uh so there i'm still go. working through those so i i did not listen to it but i will okay. say when I was out on my old man's Sunday walk, I did think for a second, like, you know, I probably should tune back into this, see where things are going. Uh, I do have a Star Wars podcast, and it would be nice if me as the main host was sort of on top of things, but that is like, now I'm going to listen to them talk about Fla Fla Flunky and all those other idiots on the third <laughs> show that I've come to love. There you go. I'm about halfway through it now. So I'm on chapter 19, which is about 130 pages into the book. All right. And I, I mean, I will say that it, I mean, like from where you are from chapter one, it definitely gets better. And you end up hanging on to the, the entire like saving or attempt to save the Hetzel system for until where I've gotten. So right. there's a lot of, activity that's happening in well, there and you meet a ton of jedi and everything like that so at, at that pace i think nick's saying we should have our like our full kind of recap review of light of the jedi by uh march yeah <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe two weeks from now uh, I, I like i will say that the book what i really enjoy about it is 
they're short chapters, so I read through them quickly. For Got some it. reason, if a book is, I could have two books of equal length. They're both 350 pages. If one of them has short chapters and one of them has long chapters, I will finish the one with shorter chapters quicker. Because that, that's I, an interesting construct you've built into your head because it, it makes no difference. You still have the same amount of pages to flip. But to you and the little guy driving your ship, right? Yep. We all got one in there. So, you know, girls, guys. <laughs> um, he's just like, no, nah, it, it doesn't work this way. I don't right? know why. I, I feel like every time I finish a chapter, it's like a little brain accomplishment. It's like, look at you. You did something. <laughs> so it's like, like yeah, it's like positive little... <laughs> feedback. Every time I get to the end of one, yeah, and it like gives an me... achievement pop sound comes <laughs> yeah. up like pling. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, oh, look, one chapter. Congratulations. You finished five chapters. It's like, and if it's, if they're short, I feel like, oh good. I just finished another one. That gives me power to go on and got finish it. another one. Got but it. If but, I'm, but, but if like I'm, a page count does nothing for you. It's like, well, no, Nick, it, you got through 50 pages today. Your brain goes, I don't give a shit. How many yeah, chapters? No. <laughs> exactly. All like right. today during the power outage, I think I read five chapters, six chapters. That's so what like, I was thinking. I was like, what the fuck does he do now for an hour, two hours? Because I know Nick's like me. I mean, he's, he's very reliant on the finer things of life. This guy isn't going outside and, and killing stuff to eat. Uh, <laughs> you know, he may he may be a little more salt of the earth because, he you know, he comes from Louisiana. Yeah, but he he's very much like me. He, he likes the finer things. He, he likes human. <laughs> Yeah, he likes power. He likes the internet. <laughs> he likes uh, to be comforted. Dude, you know what's funny too? So today we lost power. We lost power for about two hours. And then yesterday, Taylor and I locked ourselves outside of our house. <laughs> and we had to call a locksmith to come let us in because uh, nobody, we haven't given a key to one of our neighbors yet. And we uh, don't have one no. outside. So I, I wanted to punch myself in the face. That is, the, was, that's, that is the worst. Like, because... I know how I would react to that, Nick. I mean, first thing I would do, because I'm a fuckhead, is I would blame the other person, even if it was my fault. I would, <laughs> I would somehow be angry at the other person. All right? Yeah. That, that's step one. And then step two is I would just make the situation even worse by, by, by stewing on it, bitching about it, and just keep kind of looping at, as to why it's not my fault, it's the other person's fault. Dude, I, so, like, th this... I mean, today wasn't that bad. Like we were able to be in our house, which was a plus. But like Sunday, the Saints lost their playoff game. So I was already like I like the basically from call it 7 p.m. Central Sunday for the rest of the night. I was already in a bad mood. Yeah. Like I was already pissed. I was like, we fucking lost this game that we should have won. We were at home. There's no reason for us to lose this. So I was in a bad mood from that. Then. What so like you know Monday comes around MLK Day Taylor's off we 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 actually accomplished something we we bought a new bed frame for our guest bedroom we put that together rearranged the room it functions a lot better now but we were taking our old um our old box spring downstairs in the garage and that's when we got locked out <laughs> so it's so oh. fucked dude so our doors. It's not like we can have the interior door locked and then it still turns on the inside. If the door is locked, you can't open it. Yeah. So we open our door to go and take it outside into the garage. And then, you know, we get it in the garage, the door closes and it's locked. And we're like, well, how the fuck did this thing lock? There, there's no way that's possible. 
because we wouldn't have been able to open the door in the first place. Right. So we're like, all right, whatever. Let's go check the other doors. We go around. We check the side door. Locked. We check the front door. Locked. And then I remember, too, and this is how much of an asshole I am. We were just watching the Night Stalker documentary on uh, Netflix, the one about <laughs> Richard Ramirez, the psycho who would go into people's houses in, in California in the 80s. We had just finished it. So the, it was sat, we finished it on a Saturday night. And that night, I locked all of our windows because I was paranoid, like a, <laughs> like a fucking moron. And yeah, Taylor so you, was you like, had no, you had no way to get in. Did no. you ever, uh, during your wait for the locksmith, did the, did angry Nick ever get close to just saying, fuck it, I'm kicking a door down or smashing a window. The, like the, the emotion went through my head at some point, but I didn't actually do it. Cause I was gotcha. like, I, like I, once I realized that we were legitimate, we didn't even have our phones with us. We had to ask our neighbor to use her phone so we could call the locksmith. So I like at that point, it was just literally like a stew of I was just sitting down and I was silent and I was just brooding. Yeah, that that <laughs> that shit doesn't play well with me. But hey, he, he's back. He got in and the power's on. Yeah, uh, we got Greggy. He's back and he's already bitching. So he, he is back to his former self. All right. Before we get into some of the Star Wars stuff, dude, I, I, some just general life things that I've encountered over the past week. They're kind of geeky pop culture, so Greg, you know, keep your pants on, pal. <laughs> the first thing I have to, I have to, this is just more of a statement, a PSA. I've been talking about it since I've started my rewatch of Star Wars Rebels, but we just powered through season two because the, the, the little girl, once, once we start watching, she doesn't want to stop. So sometimes we'll be there for a four or five episode clip basically two hours of, of rebels and we made it through the second season. And at the end of that second season, I just sat there again and was reflecting. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, I know when rebels first came out, I was probably dual screen and stuff. I, I would have it up on the TV, but I was probably farting around on a phone or maybe even gaming because uh, there was a period in my life where I could not just focus on one <laughs> form of entertainment. If I was gaming, the TV also had to be on. If I was watching TV, I had to be on my phone, right? Definitely been there. So what I'm saying is when I, when I first went through Rebels, I, I, I may not have just completely zoned into it and, and, and paid attention to all the nuances, this, that, and all the other fun stuff. This time around, I am because I'm sitting there with, with my kid. She's asking questions sometimes. And it's really just a, a nice moment for dad and his little daughter to just sit there and enjoy some Star Wars. So anyways, mm -hmm. get through season two. And, and Nick, I have to say, I'm not sure why I forgot it, but we've all crowned the Mandalorian as as the greatest recent creation of Star Wars, which I, I still stand by. Uh, I, I think live action is a lot harder to to pull off, to do, uh, to make it feel Star Wars authentic. So it, it's going to get the nod. But I have to say, season two of Rebels is a close second in terms of just purely excellent Star Wars narratives from start to finish that's the introduction that's like that's when you get maul in it right at oh, dude, like, yeah I'll, I'll just, five. exactly i'll i'll okay. hi, I'll, I'll give you yeah. some of the highlights i mean it, it's a season that i believe has two or three multiple episode arcs which are always excellent in rebels meaning you know you get the to be continued 
Yep. Uh, so the first two episodes are, are an arc, and that's where Vader is introduced as the big bad. That's the first time Kane and, and, and Ezra come across him, and he more or less kicks their ass. Uh, it, it's also a moment where Ahsoka realizes that this Sith warrior for the Empire feels a lot like someone she's familiar with through the force. So you got all yes. that. Uh, obviously, Ahsoka becomes a ma- main part of the show. The next two episode arc are when the clones get reintroduced, in particular Rex, mm. Gregor, and Wolf. Great mm. two episode arc there. I mean, I forgot at one point, <laughs> I think it's Gregor or, or, or Wolf. I know it's not Rex, but he rats out the fucking rebels to the Empire. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's Gregor. Yeah. To, to, to he, save their own hides because at that yeah. point, as as old clones, they're they're not necessarily being hunted. <laughs> But the Empire doesn't want them around. So his thinking was like, I'm going to do anything we can to stay in the good gaze, good graces of the Empire. So you got all that stuff. And then, as as Nick said, you get much more into the force between the three force users with Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra. They go back to the Lothal Temple. You get some good kind of mysticism shit there. Yoda comes in and tells them, as Nick said, to go to Malachor. And that's, like I said, that the final two episode arc, Twilight of the yeah, Twilight of the Apprentice, another two ba- another two banger. That's where you're, as as again Nick said, you learn that Maul <laughs> is out looking for the Sith Holocron and that the Inquisitors are chasing him too. Yeah. You get introduced to the second sister and the Well, the, the, yeah, second sister and, like and the brother, they've been yeah. the Inquisitors throughout the season. Then you learn yeah. there's another Inquisitor. So there's three Inquisitors mm. at one point in time on Malachor messing with Ahsoka, Ezra, and Kanan, and then ultimately Maul, because that's the same episode where Maul, through his tongue through his actions starts working over Ezra to the dark side and it's working. You see Maul, he murders the second sister. He murders the other one. I mean, and then he blinds Kanan. Uh, It just, and then obviously you have the fight between Ahsoka and Vader to close it out. Yep. (sighs) But I guess the one thing I I know at the end of that season, people are like, Oh, did Ahsoka live? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, they make it pretty fucking clear that Ahsoka and Vader walk away from that battle by the way. I don't know if you remember that, Nick, but I do now. But I mean, you see Vader walk out into the plains of Malachor to leave and you see Ahsoka walk into like a doorway and disappear. Yeah. Um, But we all know what happens anyways. World Between Worlds gets activated and and he saves her because to Ezra, they don't know. They they see that temple more or less explode. So he's like, they're they're, they're dead or she's dead. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because even if he wouldn't have gone back, Ahsoka would have still been around, so I wonder Correct. how that would have affected everything else. Like if you know if that Th- timeline that's what break I mean. So to me, it's almost like Filoni created a new timeline, if you will. Yeah, with, he, he kind of a- Abrams did. He JJ'd it just like she did or he did with uh, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just great stuff. And then obviously at the end of that episode, he's still holding the, the Sith holocron, and he actually opens it, which means he is actively. Uh, using the dark side of the force and then season three kicks in he's got the haircut he's got an edge to him that Mm -hmm. ezra that is and obviously kanan is dealing with the loss of his sight and trying to be a a better master and not lose the kid to the dark side so yeah 
uh, Rebels just, I know people shit on it early on and, and ultimately came around to it. It's, it's obviously uh, held in much higher regards now because of what's happened with Mandalorian. But my God, is that some damn good Star Wars? Uh, yeah. I would say animated, Nick. I like it better than Clone Wars because it is more directly attached to the era uh to the um, ot yeah i mean that that's my favorite era it always is going to be i like what they did in the prequels now at least through the clone wars but i'm always going to be an ot guy so i think that's why i I like rebels a a bit more than even the clone wars at this point which we all know ended on a fantastically high note yeah i mean i think that with rebels almost like any tv series and it's I feel like with any TV series now, it's basically make it through season one and then is, you know, the show kind of hits its stride. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Rebels is is not any different than that. Like if you make it through season one, which is a little bit slow because it's a, it's a lot of character development and it's not like, you know, any of these people with Clone Wars, you're jumping right in, you know, Anakin, you know, Obi-Wan, and then you you're introduced to all of these clones. Right. So you are. Yeah, I mean, season one, you're right, Nick. If you if you think about that, it, it is almost an entirely new cast outside of some ancillaries that you would know. Yeah. Uh, and it's not really. I mean, they they give you a, a Lando episode or two. They give you a young Princess Leia episode or two. Uh, that stuff's fun. I mean, obviously, it, it was fun to watch Leia work with Ezra because I mean, Ezra, I would I believe is about two to three years older than the twins. Uh, but they're they're still in that same generation uh, mm-hmm. of of kids that that grew up right at the tail end at the end of the uh, Grand Republic and have lived through the rise of the Empire. Um, anytime you get Leia in there again, just it expands upon the Skywalker saga, of the movies, it's just good stuff. So yeah. if you have never watched Rebels, shame on you. Disney or if you've been people. thinking about going back to it, I do think this is a great time, especially considering what we're going to get into with the Ahsoka series, potentially the Ranger series and what we've already gotten into with the Mandalorian. So uh, it's, it's high quality viewing holds up very well. Uh, Season two is just fan freaking tastic star Wars. Absolutely. And the other thing, Nick on the TV box, I got to ask, did you do your wonder woman homework yet? Not yet. So the, the way we're going to watch it is, is there, um, Taylor's company is doing like a like a socially distanced like marketing I don't know marketing team thing so they're going to do like a a, a drive-in movie got you and the drive-in movie that that they're going to show well, it's between two of them. It's either going to be Tenet or it's going to be Wonder Woman 1984. So two movies that were somewhat disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, you don't have a lot of new stuff to choose from. No, you're right. Uh, it is it so, is a sad state of affairs in, in yeah. the cinema space these days. So if it's... And that is Thursday. So that's going to be right. a couple days from now. So okay. if we don't catch it Thursday, then the plan is for our viewing to be this weekend. Got you. And, and yes, friends, I know this is a Star Wars podcast, but if, you, if you've been around, I mean, it, it, it's fucking, we, we shoot the shit. Yeah. It is what it is. This is but the I, intro but, to the yeah, show. Yeah, I, I have to ask Nick, did you take in WandaVision? Yeah, I did. I did. We watched the, both episodes of WandaVision. Okay, where are you at on that thing? I'm intrigued by it. Like, because, like, here's the thing. People are watching it like, this is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. You know, if you're watching that show as a Marvel fan, you know 
that later in this season or later in this show, you're going to get why we are where we are. Right. Like you're going to figure out, you're going to get the the reason why we're in this weird land. And the little teases that they threw in at the end of both of the episodes really kind of hooked me. I was yeah, like, so yeah. Spo- spoiler alert for WandaVision first two episodes. All right. So I, I don't know how to take it. I, I, I do think it's very unique and different. It makes me feel like when I was a kid in the eighties watching Nick at night on Nickelodeon, kind of yeah. checking out uh, sitcoms from my, my parents era, you know, Mr. Ed or I dream of genie, that type of shit. Taylor had a very bewitched vibe from it. Well, dude, the, the, the second, yeah. I don't know if you noticed second but, episode, the, the intro. Yeah. And they also shifted the the era of sitcom. I don't know if people have picked up on that because even the their house, one, I, even their house is different in the yeah, second the first episode, episode. I was like, man, this really feels like I love Lucy. Yes. So the first one fifties, second one sixties. So now people are thinking that it is going to go throughout the yeah. decades. Cause at the end of it, at the end of the second one, spoiler alert again, give you a couple seconds to plug your ears. But at the end of the second episode, cut color hits. Yes. So, right. So you know. it could very well be we are going to be in the Technicolor era of sitcoms for for episode three. But here's the deal, Nick, and I, I'm with you. It is they they sold out to to commit to the old school era of sitcoms. I mean, yeah, the, the scripts, the acting, the the hijinks go on the show. I mean, it, it is like I said, you almost have to go back if you've never seen an old sitcom. You almost have to go back and watch one mm-hmm. to see how hardcore they went uh, in that direction. Yeah, no, they really did. And but I, I that will say me. I, I liked it. Yes, I, I do appreciate the presentation. Mm-hmm. I will say I think they need to start peeling a little bit more of the mystery back after two episodes because it, it really is like, okay, what Yes, we know everything is not on the up and up. It is marbles or marbles. <laughs> it is marble. <laughs> but I do think they they need to start revealing a little bit more, peel a few more layers off there of this mystery onion uh, to kind of let us know what, what's going on. Is Wanda captured? Who keeps coming through the radio saying, Wanda, Wanda, what are they doing to you? Yeah. What, what is happening? Is she cooking all this up? Is she in the hands of someone else? I've heard it could be, uh, what is it, Mephisto is involved because of mm-hmm. there have been allusions about a devil in the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like Tone saying here, thought I was off my tits watching the first episode. Uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine if you had no idea what the show was like and you were expecting it to be MCU, you probably turned that thing on and was like, dun, 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 you know, it was doing yeah. the, the MCU banner. And then it just goes to straight black and white four by yeah. three letterbox. You're oh. probably like, holy shit, did I take too much LSD today? Yeah. And well, what I think is interesting is that, you know, I don't know if it's people at Marvel have come out and said this, but essentially, as we all know, because of COVID, this wasn't the first planned piece of MCU phase four that was supposed right. to happen. Right. So like there, there very well could be in the movies that, you know, that are going to be released or even in the TV shows that were supposed to come out before WandaVision. Maybe there was something that leads you into this. That's like, Oh no, Wanda's captured. Right. Well, we know for you a know. fact, we should have at least had a black widow last year. Cause at this point, yeah. uh, far from home is the only phase four 
MCU movie to launch. Mm-hmm. I've also read now, Nick, that at one point in time, there was supposed to be a stinger to Endgame that would have provided some context for what we're seeing in WandaVision. So, yeah. so it I does know, feel I, like you're kind of in a black box right now. Like right. You have no idea because the last piece of Marvel content that we all saw was Endgame. Like you said, like that was that was it. Yeah, where and they're then, all together, where you know she was involved. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it it's very. Uh, I, I've watched each episode three times, not because I love it. Uh, let's just say I tuned into the first time maybe a little too late in the night, mm. so I was getting the old you know doze offs. Yep. Uh, but I have I have seen it now. I, I'm down with it. But I do think by this third episode, they they need to maybe you know open a box or open a door or two and, yeah, punch, and let us know that it stuff. is more than just wanda reliving different eras of sitcoms in her head with her uh deceased robot lover yeah yeah i agree i All hope right. that we get a little bit more but yeah i mean i think it's for those of you who are impatient with it already just give it give it a few more episodes i mean they're they're short they're only like 24 25 minutes each so it's not like you're dedicating a full yeah. hour of TV time to it. Yeah, if you hate it, it it's like gonna I said, get there. go back and watch an old sitcom, just if anything, to see how how diehard they are to that formula. Yeah, no, they, it they is suck. something, man. It is it is a form of art. So I I, I dig it. I, I wasn't as like, yeah, this is awesome as I was hoping to feel. But I think that's by design. I, I think they're fine with this kind of being a slow boil. They like people going, what the fuck is this? I think they probably even like people being slightly pissed off at this point. Yeah. Uh, because we all know at some point they're going to flip that switch. We're all going to be like, ah, yeah, MCU, <laughs> Kevin Feige, blah, blah, blah. You they know, all that type again. of stuff. Yeah. yeah so. so. All right, man, let, let's get into the Star Wars stuff. As you uh, kind of summarize going into today's show, there's nothing too exciting. Uh, I did pick up a, a late one that we missed here. If, you, if you're on the live stream, you've, you've seen it up on the screen now as we've been rambling for, you know, 30 plus minutes about <laughs> nonsense. Uh, but I believe we have the Funko Fair is going on right now. We're getting reveals for Funko's Funko Fair. And over on the StarWars.com official site, they're helping to promote some of the exclusives that are coming to this fair. And uh, we're checking them out now. I mean, obviously, I used to be a huge Funko guy that has fallen off drastically these days. Uh, I've fire sailed my Funko Pops at a point where I've uh, remodeled a basement thrown down some hardwood floors in the family room, uh, built a a rogue fitness gym in the garage. So the Funkos (laughs) have served me well, Nick. I just don't care to collect them anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But here we go. So, uh, I mean, some of these fair reveals, I mean, obviously the keychains, everyone's going to love them. A little Mando keychain, a little Grogu, a little Mm -hmm. Gideon with the Darksaber. Uh, But the big one here, at least for the diehard Funko Pop collectors, is a new Amazon exclusive uh, Star Wars Amazon series. In fact, Luke Skywalker with pin set. Now Luke is styled after his garb from Empire Strikes Back in particular when he's out there on his tauntaun checking out some meteorites. Uh, I believe that you can get that now from Amazon, but that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to throw it up there. While I am not a Funko collector, I still want to let other Funko fans know when a Star Wars Funko is dropped, just in case they want to add it to their collection. Yeah. Um, they got some new mystery minis coming out, and I think these are, are pins. So for you pin collectors, 
it looks like we're, we're, we're going to start getting more Star Wars pop pins. Uh, I know collecting pins is a huge thing in the, in the geek space. Especially during celebration. I mean, if you oh, go to celebration, yeah, the, those... the, the pin collecting and trading And, and these things, huge. like if you're on the live stream, I'm holding it up right now. This is a Star Wars tot mini or star tot. People were, were like killing other people to get these because you can only get them if you made it into a, a, a certain panel. And, you know, obviously uh, there's going to be a lot of nut job collectors at a Star Wars celebration. Let's be real. I mean, outside of Nick, most Star Wars fans are also <laughs> hardcore Looney Tune <laughs> collectors. Uh, I've somehow found two hardcore Star Wars fans that aren't loons with collecting in Nick and the intern. Um, we both collect tattoos. <laughs> well, I, I fucked up the intern with Funkos, though. Like, he, he's yeah. got a, you know, hundreds of Star Wars Funkos. So I guess he, he, I did get him a little bit. But you, you've been stalwart against uh, losing lots and lots of your hard-earned cash to the Lucasfilm licensing giant. I, I will say that if you purely look at, like, how much I've spent on the tattoos, the Star Wars tattoos I have, because I have three. It's probably near a thousand dollars in investment in ink. So it, I mean, some of us assholes do that on a on a Tuesday after Mando yeah. Monday. So and then, you, you still you know, got some catching up to do, pal. So back there, you know, you see a couple lightsabers, so you know that the Savvy's Workshop one that was what two fifty. You got the Kylo one right there. Yeah. That one's like uh, another two hundo. And then this this Skywalker family blade you see right there, that's actually from the <laughs> the Jedi Challenges video game. So that's just a piece of plastic that's kind of crappy. But that custom made one right there, that one is also probably 200. So yeah. the shit that I buy when I do buy Star Wars collectibles are expensive. It's up there, yeah. He's, he yeah, and then you, you got, got my, fuck my around with the, with the pieces of plastic. Like this guy, don't bother him with the 799 <laughs> TVC line yeah. or the 1999 Black Series. That's bullshit. Even the even the Barbies in the, in the 200s are bullshit. The Nick. I mean, he he goes big or he goes home. Exactly. I'll tell you what, man. On the on the lightsaber front, it, it took a lot of willpower not to pre-order the dark saber I'm, I'm still on the fence with it because i think it's a sexy ass looking hilt i think it'd look great with all the other shit i have on my desk to the point where i don't even have a desk anymore uh but so far i've, I've held off on that dark saber yeah man i like I, now that i'm making a little bit more money I, I, I may pick up a couple of those sabers that I missed out on. Like I'm tempted to reorder that Revan <laughs> saber that was denied from me because I mean, that is a very, I mean, every lightsaber is very unique, but, but the Revan one particularly so. Well, and you're it's a even, big, I mean, let, let's face it. You've lived in the old Republic era now for the past few months. I mean, yeah. Nick went out and and he was one of the lucky people to get himself one of the new consoles, but he's like, fuck that shit. I'm going to play a five-year-old Star Wars game. Five. That game <laughs> came out in 2011. So yeah. that's a nine-year-old game, 10-year-old game now. And I mean, they still, there's still content released for it. In fact, one of the brand new pieces of cosmetic gear that you can get in the game is the full Jedi Knight Revan outfit with the lightsaber. And the the lightsabers in the in that game are the, the like the prized possessions. Like I have 
the best lightsaber you can get at you know at the time uh on my characters right now but like the new jedi knight revan saber like people are very excited about that so um it, it is very tempting to go back now that i that i have a little bit of extra money and say like hey let me get that revan saber or you know what let me let me get that Sidious. Let me get that Palpatine saber that came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just never, I was never attracted to like toy collect. Like you can see a couple Funkos in the back. I got Phasma and I got Kylo, but it, it, it never, that was never the thing that, that really appealed to me. It was always like, I want a, a lightsaber like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Or something yeah, like I don't, that. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to explain. I, I think a lot of us collectors would, would probably trace it back to, an, an elder afflicting the de- the disease upon us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know my dad did. It was just, it was normal. It, it's normal life to me to like have a basement full of unopened uh, Star Wars toys. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I broke free of it. You got to keep it in the box shit. Cause that would, that would, that'd be a nightmare. I don't know how people to this day spend the money we spend on these things and, and keep them in their boxes. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I have, I have PTSD from being a little kid and walking down in my dad's basement and seeing all these toys that I, clearly I couldn't buy myself and clearly that he was not going to give to me to play with, seeing them <laughs> in their packages, feeling like I had a, a KB toy store in my own house, but I couldn't open the damn toys. So now you, this is your get back. You're like, now I have all my own toys and I'm going to open the fucking Dude, boxes. it is. <laughs> and it's, it's almost... I've I've gone back and some of the some of the stuff that he's given to me to hold from his collection or some of my old collection. I've now gone. You know what? Fuck this. I'm opening. Hey, guess what, Dad? You didn't want me to open these micro machines when I was ten. I'm gonna do it. (laughs) And I I I gave I gave my daughter when she was probably two and a half, three, all the classic micro machine Star Wars sets, which are awesome. I mean, they are awesome. There's like a little Endor, a little Hoth. There's some that looks like Vader's helmet that you open up and it's Bespin, the, the carbon freezing chamber. And then you got all the little miniature figures and ships. And I was like, fuck it. I've always wanted to see what these look like out of the box. <laughs> it's like I remember being a kid looking at the box and dreaming of what it would feel like to take them out and play with it. So all these decades later, I was like, you know what? She doesn't even know what the fuck's going on at two and a half, three. But for me and little Matt... I'm going to exercise those demons, give her these boxes to open, and then throw them into a bin so they get all scratched up and lost. Yeah. And that's so, where they are now. <laughs> so they're mixed up, destroyed, discarded. <laughs> Although she did break them out over the weekend. Whenever she does that, it makes me, uh, my Star Wars heart smile. So it, it kind of worked <laughs> out in the end. And during this conversation, I ordered two Baby Yoda keychains. There we go. (laughs) They got me because I need. We got him. Hey, Star Wars Time Show, Hasbro, whoever sold those, kick us a little uh, affiliate commission there. Okay. Because now I know I need to give some keys out to our neighbors in case we fucking lock ourselves outside again. Yeah. So now I can can make it very clear. This is my key. It's the one with Grogu on it. Right, right. And they're like, who's Grogu? And they're like, and then Nick just spits in her face and punches him in their stomach. Give me my fucking key back. Yeah, what do you mean who's Grogu? You communist. All right, dude, speaking of Grogu, his his creators, his masters, or his his owners, if you will, uh, gave us a sneak peek. Inside the Halcyon Hotel. Now, this is the, for those that aren't familiar, this is going to be the 
starship-esque hotel experience at the Disney parks. I don't know if it's both parks, Nick, or... I think it's just world. It says world, so that's Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, but we, we actually got a look. We, we've seen concept art of what this is going to be about. I mean, before the world ended last March... Uh, me in particular, I was all over this concept. I was like, I don't care how much this shit is. I'll fork over my $6,000 to spend 48 hours in this halcyon hotel, which again is, it's essentially a, a star Wars, uh, cruise ship simulation. Does that sound right, Nick? Yeah, basically it is uh, a, it is a fully immersive galactic cruiser experience right i so, mean from the moment you get dropped off you're essentially put into a transport that takes you to the main ship yeah you know, get you in your cabins there's there's going to be shared rooms and again it, it, it's it's not going to look like a hotel when you look out the window you're going to see leds of space and ships and other shit going on exactly so like it's very it's are, very disney i mean right i mean you this are completely is completely immersed from the moment that you step in I mean, this is straight Disney at its yeah. fine. This is what they do. It's what they do well. It's what they have done well. Uh, so for the first time, we actually got, and Nick didn't check the right thing I did, in the, in the click post. The, click the refresh because uh, I just did well, it. This is our site, so you never yeah. know if it'll actually reload in Safari. Yeah. There we go. Good job, Star Wars Time. That and that, we love you. All right. Now you should have the full there open we go. experience. So anyways, it was like last week or something, we actually got some shots of the crew. I, I wouldn't say the people actually building it. This looks like the... Uh, private- Potentially like the uh inspectors stuff like that. yeah it's it's the bosses is what yeah. i was getting at it's not the people actually screwing shit in it's the bosses but we got to look at one of the rooms and holy shit they are tiny i mean yeah they're not screwing around you really are staying in on a starship in your own tiny little cabin so the first image we're looking at that's going to be your viewport window now obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be uh you're going to be seeing scenery of space I would I would assume it's going to be very similar to what you see on you, the ride of resistance. Images, yeah, a couple images down that'll show you it lit up with a full kind of view right. of the room. Uh, the next one, though, in order, that's th- those are your bunk beds. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully you have a family that is three or less, maybe four or less. You could probably do parents and two kids. Uh, but outside of that, shit's going to get tight because, man, look at those bunk beds. Those, those bunk beds are meant for smaller people so kids would be great short people like myself might be able to use them uh, but if you're a normal adult good luck getting into the bunk beds yeah uh we got there's a full shot of the room like nick said now you can see you know your tv is essentially going to be a a hollow display yeah like a uh, navigational chart almost looks like is what's on it right now but you can see the the window which we saw in the first shot if you're on the live stream if you're not on the live stream please check it out on starwarstime.net but uh, you can kind of see you get an image of space you know it looks like you're you're looking at a galaxy outside your window mm-hmm. uh next shot is just the exterior now they're, they're not making the exterior look like a full-on ship uh, so it's just kind of boring great building shit but they're they're working i mean they're still building this COVID or not shutdown parks or not mm-hmm. um I, I will say that that for for the rooms almost like any hotel like you, you're probably gonna have tiers of rooms so I, I would imagine that this is a pretty basic cabin and then if you if you choose to pay for you know 
like if you have a family of six and you want to stay at the house on, they're not going to be like, well, good luck fitting in there. There's, there's going to be bigger rooms. <laughs> yeah, you would think that they're going to have, you know, uh, grand moth Tarkin yeah, style room, you know, something like suites that. Suites and stuff like that. I would liken it to like cruise ships. This is almost if you've ever been on a cruise ship, they have your interior cabin rooms that almost look just like this, where you have, you know, a bed, a set of bunk beds. And then you have your porthole where you can look out of the, you know, your porthole window where you can look out and you can see the sea. Hey, well, I want to know, like Tone says, where, where, where's the vac tube in this little room? Yeah, I, I don't know if it like, like where, where, where are these flips? people dropping a deuce or draining the main <laughs> vein. I mean, I, I don't see any, any any sort of bathroom no. in here. Yeah, I don't know if it's like if, if there is something that's like out of view, like right. if you. You know, if there's a door that's it's out of right view, there, Nick, it's under their, their hollow display. You just I was going to say, out is that, that, that like piss in down? front of your whole family? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you need to pee, everybody else get out of the room. Right. <laughs> um, but I would imagine that this is just this. Maybe this is just the sleeping quarters. And then, you know, for example, at other Disney resorts, it is kind of broken out like a like an apartment where you have your living quarters and then your sleeping like a bedroom. So this may just be the sleeping quarters of the room, and then it, there's a door there, that leads it out. It best not be a, a shared bathroom for the prices you're going to be paying to stay here. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, it will be interesting, but it does look like it's, it's a bit of a cramped space for, you know, what you're potentially going to be paying for this. I mean, when we talked about it when it was first announced... It was exorbitant prices. It was like $1,200 a night. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I, I, I believe for a, a two-night package, it's $6,000. Yeah, like three day, two night, six G's. Yeah, it's it's very, very. Expensive. I don't know if that includes you get, you know, park passes or what's that? The hopper yeah. pass, Nick, where you can hit any of the any of the parks on on campus. Yeah. But either way, and, it's costly. And and I believe it was supposed to be opening this season, correct? I think so. But clearly there's. Been yeah, ob- obviously there. that's going to be delayed. Um, I just. I mean, anything has been fucked by COVID, but I would assume COVID may be good for this in terms of tempering the initial excitement. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you're risky or a go-getter, you could actually get into the house scene a lot faster than pre-COVID is my thinking at this point. Yeah. I mean, my brother has gone to Disney since COVID and since they've reopened. And I mean... By his estimation, everything has been ran really smoothly. It, everything was very safe in, in the ways that you can do it. Because if you think, you know, you're at Disney, you're outside most of the time. The only time you're really spending inside is if you're in a ride. Um, and what he was saying was, you know, it, it was cheaper and there just weren't many people there by default. Right. You know, so like he. You know, when when him and his girlfriend would go on a ride, it was usually just him and maybe a couple other people. And they were far enough away from each other to where you really, really didn't have to worry about close interactions. And, you know, the lines were all very spaced out. And um, I would imagine that when this does open, that, you you know, if it does open in, you know, still in covid era, then you'll you'll have an opportunity to get there and experience it in oh, a yeah. much different way i, I know people like someone like me I, i'm okay now waiting multiple years at this point like i don't want to i don't want to rejoin society until <laughs> shit levels out big time not like oh yeah. i got the vaccine i'm good 
who the fuck knows how even long you're protected, if you can still spread this, that, and the other fun shit. So I'm fine staying in the bunker for now. It's almost been a year. It really isn't that much different than my usual life. So here we go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm down with this shit. The only thing I miss truly uh, outside of seeing my mom and my nephews is going <laughs> to the movie theaters <laughs> or going out to eat. Yeah. That's what I miss. Out to eat. Yeah. Cause I mean like your Friday routine was, you know, when, even when we were still uh, recording on Fridays, like, you and the wife would yeah, hit every up every the Friday. And, yes, Heather you know. and I would make a point to to get out and at least feel like, uh, you know, two people that met, Real fell in love, beings. and and then had a family and blew it all up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so hey, there, sold yeah. on four eight nine from a friend's TikTok. That's what we like to see. Welcome to the live stream. You never hey. know if you'll get a shout out. Oh yeah, dude. So, I mean, I, this is something I still would like to do. I would say it's bucket list down there, but I just, I need to figure out if humanity in particular in America is going to end itself first. So yeah, I know we're uh, one day away from inauguration. So I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to see if we completely descend into the civil war that a lot of people think is happening. Yeah. Um, but I'll be there if, if we're still up and running. Yeah. All right, my man, it's time to talk about my dude, the Vader. Oh, yes, Mr. Vader. We did have a a new Vader comic dropped last week. It's uh, number nine in the Darth Vader run that I believe started right at the end of 2019, if not the beginning of 2020. It's the run where we're we're essentially following uh, Dater. Wow, I'm way off today. Dater, man. We're, we're, we're following Vader in between his exploits in Empire Strikes Back and his ultimate return to the light and return of the Jedi. So that, that's kind of the time frame that this ish, these or this uh, most current Vader run is in. Uh, so number nine dropped last week, like I said, uh, with these ones, I typically just like to introduce any new canon added to it as well as any Easter eggs. Uh, but for the High Republic, I'm doing more of a review. So get with it. Follow us on YouTube. Sub it up. Like, comment, share. It's easy. Doesn't cost you a thing, except maybe your reputation if you're sharing our shitty content with your cooler friends. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Invader number nine, really the, the the biggest new canon that we get. And again, this is kind of tying. Uh, this is twice now that this run, this Vader run, has tied itself to the Rise of Skywalker or the sequel trilogy by default. Uh, and that's because in this one, Vader actually makes it to Exegol space, like the the red cloud that kind of hides the planet, if you will, Nick. Um, so dude, just like Kylo, had the uh, possession of the Wayfinder, got it from the Webbish Bog in the last episode. But now with the help of Ochi of Bestoon, who has more or less become Vader's personal bitch, Nice. Uh, these two end up in, in Exegol space, and that's kind of where things end, right as a huge-looking space monster, not too, uh, uh, not too unlike the one we saw in Solo, descends upon Vader's commandeered Jedi Starfighter. So nice. as a whole, the, the issue again felt a little off for the Vader run. Uh, we did get to see him kick some ass. He took out this new faction that I did not know of. Uh, but it seems like anyone from Bastoon has to add Bastoon to their name. 
uh, because Vader takes on, and you'll like this, Nick, the Droid Crush Pirates of Bastoon. <laughs> Droid Crush Pirates of Bastoon. <laughs> okay, all right. It's literally a gang of robots that uh, Ochi kind of hired to come and help him fight Vader because he's still trying to take him out on Mustafar if you've been following along. And obviously, they fail miserably. So we, we do get to see Vader kind of do some Vader stuff. Uh, because once he gets his saber back from Ochi, he makes very short work from short work of the Droid Crush Pirates or the DCPOB, as we there like to go. call them here at the Star Wars Time Show. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I like the the avenue that they're going. You know, we, we always knew, as with the prequel trilogy, that if you add more lore around it, you can enhance the story that was told in the movies. I like that they're doing that. It like this in particular does make me wish that we had the expanded ninth movie, like the original, like even, even if we didn't get the Colin Trevorrow version, which would have been completely different. You know, if we would have gotten the original vision of JJ Abrams's ninth movie, which was roughly three hours and 45 minutes long, we would have seen the mirror scene to what happened in these comics where Kylo, just like his grandfather, goes to see the Webishbach to find this wayfinder yeah, to go to Exegol. All that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, like we would have had very incredible parallels to make between these two characters who are inexorably linked to each other through both blood and well, I, through... I mean, Nick, what you're saying is exactly what they are doing, or at least my yeah. mind, what they're doing. I, I mean, Kylo, we now know, directly mirrored what Vader is doing in this uh, in these issues. Exactly. Because what Vader is doing, my friends, this isn't like he's not being sent there by the Emperor. He found out through Ochi letting something slip that the Emperor is working on something. And that's what got Vader thinking, like, what the fuck is this guy up to now? And, you know, through a series of events and an interaction with the Webbish Bog, he comes in possession of the Wayfinder. Uh, Ochi lets them know about Exegol that's who gives them the coordinates so they end up there so just like Kylo when he found out that, that the Emperor was back and he was hunting him down trying to find a coordinates to Exegol Vader is doing the exact same thing he's not going there for himself he's going there to figure out what the fuck the Emperor's up to behind his back and mm -hmm. as we learned the Emperor, way back during the original trilogy, had been building up this force, the lab, his backup plans on his Exegol. Contingency yeah, plan, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Exegol has always been a part of his, his ultimate plans. And, and we're now seeing that it was even being worked on, uh, massaged, if you will, way back when during the original trilogy. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's one of those things, I mean, I know that Matt and I have kind of lampooned the upcoming, you know, uh, what 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 is it called? Fucking uh, Justice League four-hour cut that Zack yeah. Snyder is going to be putting out. But I wish, and this is never going to happen, but I, I really do wish that we would get a four-hour cut of Tross that was like I, JJ's I'm with you, man, and, it, and I know how you feel, but I'm sure it's the same way DC people felt with the Snyder movement, and look where we got. So, yeah, I... I still don't think Disney would ever renege on their stances because they're Disney, but yeah, you never know. I, I'd give it a 1% chance at this point, yeah. uh, but it, yeah, it's, it it's, it's like a zero. Like Nick said, yeah. you're never going to get 
they've n- never done it in fact right i mean the the, no. the the best we've gotten with a star wars movie is, are some deleted scenes yeah i mean uh, it's the only thing that you've ever gotten officially is george's right, remasters the, 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 and that was that editions. wasn't disney owned right yeah. and that it wasn't even like george was it, it wasn't like he was adding stuff that he necessarily cut. I mean, yeah, the, the solo talk, talk in the Jabba in, in A New Hope, he, that was a film scene when Jabba, you know, he looked like some dude from medieval times. Yeah. He was just a guy. But really, a lot of it was George just like, hey, uh, computers can do this now. I couldn't do it back then. I just want to brush up some of my work. It wasn't, oh, I had to cut out 30 minutes of the movie because of a budget or time constraints. It was... yeah. I just wanted to make Mos Eisley look more alive, or I wanted to make Rito say McClunky for some fucking reason. Yeah. Shit like that. And I mean, if you look at Disney's history, even outside of Star Wars, like they don't do director's cuts. Right. Yeah. There, like, there's no anything. MCU director's cuts. It, you get what you get. Yeah. I mean, not, not even for like their own flagships, like Pirates of the Caribbean. There's no director's cuts for that. There's no director's cuts for you know, any of their Disney channel or like their Disney original films or anything like that, what you get is what you get. So it is highly unlikely that we'll ever get an extended version of Tross, even though, you know, it was highly called for, especially even ahead of the release of the movie. People, when people knew that there was a three hour long cut, they were like, well, why are we only getting two hours and 25 minutes? I mean, dude, on this dumb show, the the lead up to Tross, all we ever kept saying was like, this has to be the longest movie. It has to be the longest movie. It has to, it has to, it has to, especially when they're doubling down on, it's the end of an era. Yeah. The Skywalker saga comes to, it's like, okay, great. If you guys want to, you know, take that, that, that route, fine, but make sure you fully flesh this send off out and, It didn't quite happen. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I parts still of it were believe, fleshed out in fucking Fortnite for Christ's yeah. sake. Like I still believe with, with a three, with like his proper take, he could have done a lot better. I mean, I don't know if it would have been the perfect star Wars movie. It probably wouldn't have been, but like you could have done a lot better than what we got in the, in the theatrical release. And it just goes to show you, like I said, just here, you would have had the whole scene play out with Kylo and the eye of the web bog and everything that Vader just did in this comic to draw those it, parallels. Right. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. And that's why I, I do like going through these comics and, and doing the new canon breakdowns on the Star Wars Time Show YouTube account. So make sure you're subscribed over there if you like this type of stuff. Um, it does. It, it, it As we have learned through the maker himself, I mean, through his use of trilogies and, and kind of telling it like a book, he, he has directly said that he will always mirror what happened in one era in the next. And that's what we're seeing here. I mean, here you have Vader looking for answers about his his master, who he knows is trying to fuck him over and kill him and do all this other stuff. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, will Vader make it to Exegol and, and see the lab and, and potentially see some of the, uh, the, the, the clone vessels that the Emperor has ready just in case he does get taken out? Yeah, uh, but to leave it, it is funny how he treats Ochi at the end. <laughs> After he gets what he needs, he throws Ochi into an escape pod, just like one you would have seen from the um, Clone War era. Because uh, they're on Mustafar, but they're at that Techno Union bunker, which still has a lot of old Clone War era um, uh, military vehicles. Like I said, Vader himself 
commandeers an old Jedi starfighter, but there's a an escape pod there. So after he gets the coordinates from Ochi, he throws Ochi into the escape pod, clamps onto it with his Jedi starfighter, and takes off with Ochi hanging from the belly of his starfighter. Then <laughs> he proceeds to hit a starfighter hyperdrive ring with Ochi going like, dude, dude. <laughs> Th- these things aren't rated for hyperspace travel. So what yeah, do you think Vader said? Rip apart. Tough shit. Boom. <laughs> he hits hyperspace. Ochi's bouncing up and down in the in the belly of this uh, escape pod. It was just it was vintage Vader just using and abusing those around him to get what he needs. I mean, let's be fair to to Anakin. I mean, Ochi was trying to kill him. Uh, but it is just funny to see how he treats these motherfuckers with, with just no regard for anyone but himself. Uh, but like I said, it was a nice little cliffhanger. Are they going to get taken out by this big ass space monster? I'm assuming Vader will have some piloting skills to show him. If not, just jump out and be the badass that we know him in and, and zero G and slice him and dice him. But uh, in, in issue 10, we should find out if the Dark Lord of Sith actually makes it to Exegol. We will see. I mean, it's very cool that they're 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 taking it in that direction. I know that some people who are haters of the sequel trilogy are probably like, "Oh, this is fucking stupid." But that's how you that's how you build worlds and that's how you build universes is expanding on content, right? So. And, and you got to think like what what these Star Wars writers have been left with are what the movies gave them. I, I I know a lot of you pretend you live in these these alternate realities like WandaVision where you can just pretend Disney's gonna you know, blow out the sequel trilogy and it never existed. That's not going to happen. Writers are now beholden to those events. And that's what we're starting to see in some of these comic book runs. Yeah. Hey, we got Chewbacca's left nut has joined in. There we go. Welcome. He was our new discord member that we had mentioned before, and he's now on the live stream. So Matt's mustache makes him look like a pedophile hot dog, man. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the, the the mustache comments that we've gotten over the last two weeks are are, are really top notch. I, I really I feel like I, oh. I, I have an idea. I might know who Chewbacca's left nut is, and if it is this guy, this guy gets so much joy out of my mustache that he has asked for selfies just to laugh at it and and come up <laughs> with uh, you know fun phrases to describe me as. So is it is it a personal friend or is it a Star Wars time friend? It, well, if it's the guy I'm thinking about, it's a personal friend, okay. but Chewbacca's left nut. I know he just joined the Discord or sh- or she. You never know. Yeah, could be. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's a male just based on the, the handle name <laughs> yeah. and the way they, they comment. But hey, maybe may we'll never know. We'll keep it a mystery, I guess. But they're all coming <laughs> in. Like Donna Collins is in here. GT Rain. GT that was Rain. one of the excellent shots we talked about last week. Figure Hertz is in here. He's ready for his top five. Oh, um, yeah. Honor. We're not there yet, though, my friends. We still We're got some close, Star Wars. Though. We're getting close, because like I mentioned at the top of the show, not a ton of new news for Star Wars, but as the Force had guided me to last week, I did say that the potential for the Star Wars exclusivity uh, with EA uh, to end, there was, a, there was a possibility that it could end earlier than we expected, and by God, it did. Uh, okay, hold on, Nick. We got an update on Chewbacca's left nut. It is larger than his right nut. 
There we go. He no, says, but uh, Chewbacca's left nut is from, he's, he's one of the Australians. So, yeah, I, I would not know this one personally. Another fake nationer. So yeah, not, not sure if Hideous looped him in or if we're, we've just now been promoted in Australia as <laughs> the dumbest Star Wars podcast for people to follow. So the official Star Wars podcast of, of uh. Australia. So I like it. Um, but yeah, so this yeah, next is let, let me um, I, I want to pump up Nick a bit. Because, I mean, he'll never do it. I know he was trying to, but this is one of those deals where he and I just need to uh, get over not being piece of shit Star Wars podcasters like most of the other Star Wars podcasters and just start claiming that we know stuff and that it's not speculation, that we, we know it for a fact as Source has told us. Because as Nick said, for those of you that were listening... Just last week on the show, when, when we were talking about, hey, Lucasfilm Games, they put out a nice sizzle reel. They're kind of pounding their chest like, we're back. We're going to start making some games. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's great. They're still EA. I wonder when that deal will end. And Nick literally said, I, I bet the EA exclus- exclusivity is going to be up soon. Very soon. Well, it just so happens a day after he made that claim... We got the official announcement from uh, the Brass at EA, Brass at Lucasfilm, confirming that, yes, EA no longer is the exclusive publisher slash developer for the Star Wars license. In fact, here was the cherry on top. Here is what we've been asking for, clamoring for on this little show. And that was the reveal that Ubisoft, the creators of the AC franchise and others, has been tapped to develop a new open-world Star Wars game. Open-world, story-driven, which is literally exactly what what fans of the franchise have been asking for since the license was given to EA. We're like, hey, you guys have great open-world studios or had great open-world studios. Why don't you make one of these games? You have Bioware. Why don't you let them make one? And it just never happened. Right. And it wasn't until Star Wars official came in and said, hey, EA, here's the plug. Gone. We are no longer tied to you for yeah, exclusive it, it got, video It, it even got EA to say, hey, 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 don't, hey, hey, don't leave us over here. Don't, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not the redheaded, you know, stepchild. We're still working, actively working on Star Wars games, which, I, Nick, I don't know if you saw a lot of the rumors or leaks coming out, and uh, we didn't really have time to put it up there, but there's a... Our sources have told us, do you see that, Nick? There we go. Our sources have told us that we will be getting the Star Wars Battlefront 3 announcement very soon. Okay. Did I do I it mean, right? Is that how you do it? It's, it, I will say that it's, it's, it's a little surprising that we're going to be getting Battlefront 3 announcements so soon after, after the announcement of ended, I guess you would say like ended support for Battlefront 2. Because that just happened probably three months ago, four months ago, maybe. Um, so it's interesting that they're literally rolling off of active support for Battlefront 2 right into, hey, here's the announcement for Battlefront 3. Battlefront 2 was a very well-supported game in terms of free content expansions and everything around it. Especially after the complete debacle in the beginning, right when the game was released for the loot boxes. They did a really good job of pivoting and saying like, hey, we fucked up. We're giving you guys everything free now. Um, and they supported that game for a long time until the n- near end of 2020. So I think that was two years post-release 
Um, interesting that we're already getting a Battlefront 3 announcement. Um, so soon. Yeah, remember, you heard it here first on the Star Wars Time Show. No yes, speculation. Sources have said. No bullshit. <laughs> we just said it. As Liam's saying in the chat, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. No there more humble go. titles. You're right. Yes. Fuck it. You got to do to make headway in this industry, apparently. Um, we also know that we're going to be getting the uh, the Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order uh, 2 uh, official announcement pretty soon as well. I mean, that's likely going to be by uh, the end. Uh, of yeah, 2021. that one's according to Nick's source. We know that's yeah. coming. So that's going to be, you know, mid end of 2021. We're going to get the announcement about uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2. We already know that that's going to be coming down the pipe. <laughs> and then they also mentioned that there are other Star Wars franchises that they're working on. But the big thing here is that we're no longer, it's no longer exclusive. So Ubisoft has massive uh, games which is one of their own studios that made the division Two, um, a very wide open open world story driven game. They are working on the open world star Wars game. And for, for the announcement to be out, I would assume that this, this has probably been in the works for a while. It, it's not like they just signed a contract and we're like, Hey, now we're making the announcement. I would assume that, that, the conversations with Ubisoft had been happening for a bit, even before the announcement of the, you know, end of exclusivity for EA, which yeah. has happened a full two years before it should have ended. 2023 was the end of the contract. Um, so that, you know, you got to wonder what type of language was in that contract. Cause you, you know, you know, Disney was not going to go into this without having a ripcord or the upper hand in negotiations yeah, at like every some turn. Some sort of opt out was was written into that contract. Yeah, I, I guarantee Disney lost nothing by pulling this early in terms of like they they probably didn't have to pay a penalty for breaking the contract. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee when this was signed, it was like we're Disney, we have the license. Do you want it? Yes or no. And yeah. then all the fine print was like, we own you. We own your firstborn, your secondborn. We own your future. We own your past and your present. Yeah. I mean, Disney has some of the best lawyers on the planet. Like, let's just be real. Right. As, as a massive conglomerate corporation like they are, they have lawyers that know ins and outs and loopholes and all these different things that other people had never even dreamed or learned about. Um, I mean, we got a little bit of, of that just from talking for, uh, to Matthew from G, uh, GTP toys. Like they essentially told him like, there is no negotiation. <laughs> yeah. You either do what we tell you and you get the license. That, that's exactly or what you say. Like, they dropped off the contract. So do you, do you like it? He's like, well, should we read it? Do we have any leverage here? And they're like, Nope. I said, okay. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, I like, we like it. it. <laughs> and I mean, granted EA is also a very large corporation, but when you're literally working with licensed property that's not owned by you, you don't have a lot of ground to stand on. Like, I'm sure that there were clauses in there, but that Disney and Lucasfilm put in that said, you know, if these terms aren't met by X date, then we have the ability to, to, to end exclusivity ahead of the contract date and anything like that. So it's not surprising that, that, this has come down. And, and like I said, the real indication to me last week was we get the Lucasfilm Games announcement, but it wasn't that. It was that the day after Lucasfilm Games was announced, they announced that that Indiana Jones game immediately. Right. right. They were like, here, Bethesda's working on it. 
get ready or, or yeah, and they even it, had some very generic assets to, to yeah, show they had off. trailer like a small trailer ready to go. I was like, they're they're already ready with Star yeah, Wars. So it's I mean, the, the Lucasfilm games, they haven't just been sitting around with their thumbs up their collective assholes. Uh, yeah, shit's been happening because. I, I know I brought this up last week, but the, the the whole revival of Lucasfilm games didn't just happen last week. I mean, there was hell, Nick. It was probably a year, year and a half ago at this point where they put out there like, "Oh, hey, you guys remember Lucasfilm games?" And then it was LucasArts and this or LucasArts and Lucasfilm games. Well, Lucasfilm's games is back, just in case you wanted to know. And we're like, all right, cool. Well, there was no game announced with that, so everyone just kind of forgot about it. But as Nick said, that was probably them, you know, sticking their 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 flag into the moon and saying, here we are. We're going to start assembling teams. We're going to start developing games. Yeah. We're just not going to tell anyone yet. Exactly. Until it gets closer to where our, our lawyer overlords can figure out the clause in the contract with EA to basically say, na 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 boo boo, stick your head in poo poo, we're out of here. Yeah. I mean, in, in the article on StarWarsTime.net, there's a couple of quotes just from uh, Yves Guimot, who is the CEO of Ubisoft. And then we also Yves talk. And then uh, Julian Garrity, who is the creative director for the game that's being developed at Massive Entertainment. Um, not anything that's going to, you know, tip you off in terms of the era or the characters or anything like that. It's just, it's literally just like, we're super happy to have it. We're excited to work with Lucasfilm. All we can Uh, go off of Nick to put our, our specul or our source hats on are the facts that, that, uh, it's massive entertainment who developed division two, division two, yes, open world story driven. Yes. I mean, that, so, that literally, I mean, you could do that in any era. Uh, you correct. Could bring up, you could bring in a completely new era. Well, you know? I guess what first and foremost is they're, they're saying the right things early on because this, yes. this is the genre that, I mean, just, just last year with the arrival of Ghost of Tsushima and how much, how awesome that was where every Tuesday we'd get on here and essentially jerk that game off. Mm-hmm. And then lament the fact that we don't have a Star Wars game set in its exact uh, universe with the same mechanics, delivery, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And and now, a few months later, we're in 2021, the world still sucks, America's on fire, but we did get the reveal that an open world Star Wars game is finally being worked on. Yeah. So Essentially what we wanted, and I right. mean... If you want to go back to, like you said, the the roots of these kind of open world sandbox games, really the the style that we're seeing now with Ghosts was influenced heavily by AC. AC was really, of course, one of the first sandbox games that was heavily story driven that had ever come out. I mean, like the first Assassin's Creed. I, I mean, came dude, out honestly, and- the the only th- way this announcement would have been better is if it said Sucker Punch is developing <laughs> the game versus Ubisoft. Yeah. Because uh, Ubisoft, let, let's be real. Yeah, they created the genre. The, the first few ACs were magic. Yeah. But starting with the, what was the one that was just a disaster? Uh, Unity. Unity. It was almost like cyberpunk bad in terms of the, the launch glitches. Yeah. Uh, but from there, it, they became kind of hit or miss. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, Nick and I, we've talked about Valhalla, how 
it even feels like it took a step back from Odyssey a bit. It just it, the combat's goofy. It's not at least to me. It never really managed to suck me in. I mean, the, the fact that I prefer to play a more or less glitchy, buggy, broken version of Cyberpunk over Valhalla, I think speaks volumes about uh, at least how that game has performed with me. Uh, but either way, they've said a lot of good things. And I guess, I mean, our question of the week was kind of diving into this. What What, what, have, what would fans do? If they were kind of running this project, what would their open world Star Wars game be? And my question to you, Nick, do you want it to star the mystical side of Star Wars, meaning you are a force user? Or would you prefer it like some people in the chat here, like Chewie's left nut and (laughs) others that I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about their answers once we hit the fan segment where they want it to be more bounty hunter-esque mandalorian kind of your 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 traveling warrior type i it's hard because i love games with jedi or force user protagonists so for me i would probably like it a little bit better if it was a jedi or some sort of force user doesn't need to be jedi could be a a sith or or whatever like a, a force user who doesn't even know Jedi or Sith. He just knows that he's he has this ability and, you know, maybe he's learning about his powers as the story goes along. There's a lot of options to do it. But I would never turn down a game that is based around a bounty hunter or a mercenary yeah. or something like that. Um, I just feel like if we're going to go with, like, an AC style of game, it would make... a unless you're playing like some sort of like benevolent mercenary who is, who's just helping everybody around him, it would make more sense for it to be a Jedi or something like that. I agree. I I mean, I guess just in the back of my head, if I'm, if I'm writing down or scripting out what I'd want in these, in this type of game, if it is going to be more as like Nick said, more of an AC, more of a ghost where it is an open world game, but the purpose is for you to kind of learn about the world, interact with other characters to expose more of the world to you, some of the secrets of that world to you. 100% I want that to be force user based. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it is more like a ghost, like I said, force user based. But if we're going to go with a game that is more GTA, more Red Dead, more even Cyberpunk 2077, I would 100% want that to be the scoundrel the bounty hunter the gunslinger type because it makes more sense like i don't get me wrong i would love to just fire up in the you know the 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 sub levels of coruscant and go around and punch people in the face and steal their speeder bikes Mm -hmm. that would be fun but not really as a force user as a force user i'd want more of a story i'd want just like how we watch jin sakai grow from yeah. being a very traditional samurai warrior, you know, yes, sir, all that type of shit, to becoming more or less a ninja, right? Like, he he went against the samurai code for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would like to... I, I would like the, it not to be a known character in either, either if it's bounty or force. I, I would kind of like to be the star, you know? One of those yeah, deals. Yeah, I agree. Um, I but, mean, I think... I think that both games could be incredible, whether it's force user or non. What I think would be really interesting is if 
you treated it more as a planet hopping expedition, especially if you're playing a bounty hunter. Like say, say you are playing a bounty hunter. You you essentially start as like a and and you want to kind of do not really lore building, but like character reputation building. Like you could start off as a bounty hunter who's just joined the guild and like you're doing small jobs and then like you get contracts to go to like you know you go to Tatooine you, or you start on yeah. Tatooine, but then you go to, you know, you go to Naboo for one, or you go to the Narshada or you go to, I mean, you're, you're essentially, planets. you are the Mandalorian, but not the Mandalorian per se, where, yeah. where your missions are going to take you to different worlds to meet different characters, meet different shitty people, good people, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. I think that something like that could be really fun for a non force user focused thing. And then like, you know, Eventually, you know, you could build up your reputation to where you become like, you know, maybe you choose to become a crime boss and you don't want to be a fucking bounty hunter anymore. Or you can like branch off your paths. Like if you want to continue being a bounty hunter, if you want to become like a like a, uh, you know, a, a crime boss or if you want to become if you want to start your own syndicate or something like right. that. So, There's so a lot ve- of different things. Way more RPG than even action ghost or assassin's creed ever gave you right like more yeah, you know more along the lines of what what you can do in cyberpunk where you don't necessarily fall into a class uh but based on your actions and some stuff you do you kind of uh, define your place in society yeah and i think that would be it them them calling out this open world story driven i think that that's the way that story driven is kind of moving to where the player has input in story, almost like old Bioware where like your decisions shape the narrative that was being told. Yes. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of studios outside of Bioware who did that successfully or who even attempted to do that. It's such a, it's such a hard narrative. No, it is. And tell cyberpunk is there. It just didn't put its best foot forward, unfortunately, because it's a game where, for example, I was doing a side job and some shit got a little squirrely. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just killed everybody. (laughs) You weren't you weren't supposed to. But it's a game that even though that mission is like, dude, you got to be stealth. I wasn't stealth. It didn't end the game and make me redo it. It just was like, um, well, you didn't do it the way you're supposed to. So you don't get anything for that mission. But it didn't. It didn't harm my progress. It didn't really enhance it, but it made it feel like I was in control of my story. I didn't want to fucking go in and steal it like a ninja. I wanted to go in just like I've been doing in every other mission and pull out my gun and blow off their face without even saying a word. (laughs) And it let me do it. And I I lost out on, you know, I scared people. Uh, I I potentially lost out on another mission, but that's how I wanted to do it. And it let me do it. Yeah, I I think that that's the way that it should be done. But then again, like a game like Ghost, you you don't have that option. Like, yeah, you can choose to go stealth or not, but it doesn't really affect the story that's being told. Right. And that is potentially one of the best games that I've played in the last 10 years. No, I I agree. Cause for me, there's a fine line with these games because I I can go off the beaten path and and get lost and just lose focus. It's like, all right, there's too many little random things to do. I need to get back to the main mission. I I do like how ghosts allowed you to, Hey, yeah, it's open world, but there still is a, 
clear main path through the game. You can go mm-hmm. fart around, do whatever the hell you want. You can kill people uh, without honor. And for the most part, you're, you're still going to end up in a similar place as everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, because sometimes I don't like all that choice. Yeah. I guess... Uh, my next question, Nick, uh, do you want this to be a first person experience, third person third. or ability to toggle third person? I I'm and I think that's what might be putting me off of cyberpunk is that as I've progressed through my gaming, I've become much more of a of a third person action type player and I still enjoy first person games. You know, I I played first person shooters competitively for many years and stuff like that. But in terms of my gaming preference now, I, I really do like third person better. So I, I hope that's the direction that it goes in. But I, I, you know, I think that there are ways that you can do first person story driven correctly. Though I mean, honestly, first person bodes, uh, much better for our shooting type of characters. So, you know, yeah. the, the, the bounty hunters, the scoundrels, uh, those types. I mean, you could definitely get away with some third person. I, I I know it's not an easy thing. I mean, a lot of people, gamers, we're all assholes. You don't really understand what it takes to code a game, but they're like, oh, just I should be able to toggle between first and third. I mean, if you just process the amount of code that that takes to do, it's difficult. I, it, there's a reason is, Cyberpunk doesn't have a third person option. I mean, it's because, already a massive game that's fucked up, so they can't. I will t- I will tell you too that more often than not the reason that you can't toggle between it is if you're a primarily first person game, they most of the time won't even render your body when you're playing in first right, person. Right. Like you, you might get feet just in case you happen to pan the camera down to the the, the ground. Yeah, but like if you've ever seen first person glitches where like you can see inside of your face and all you see are eyeballs, that's why. <laughs> I mean, one of the few like a couple of the few games to do it are Bethesda games. Like Bethesda games will give you the option to play first or third spe- like specifically in Skyrim and in Fallout, but they that's like those games are developed over I mean, so is Cyberpunk. And I'll, like, I'll argue Nick, games that do allow the toggle neither exactly neither form feels perfect and to me the third person always feels extra wonky in those games that give you uh skyrim when you said that i was like jesus i remember you know switching to third and that and it was like controlling a a a stick man that did not respond to all of his sticks it was very weird when you did kind of pull out in the third person. Yeah, so Tones is saying Skyrim, he, he I, not I, only I wants the first. option for first and third, he also wants VR for PlayStation and PC users. That It's a lot to ask for, man. And it's like the reason why you haven't seen a lot of these titles go from standard controller based or, or PC like keyboard and mouse based to vr is because it it completely changes the dynamic of how the user interacts with the world and i don't think that that's gonna happen well well, here's the other deal i mean i've only played one vr game that i would consider to be an actual real game it wasn't just gimmicky like on rails type of nonsense it's called farpoint vr it even came with like an actual rifle attachment for the move controllers 
you actually walked. You know, how a lot of VR games, you don't walk, you teleport, or you have, you know, quarter turns. It's very off-putting. Yeah. And the other thing with VR, in that game, you can make yourself feel deathly ill <laughs> in VR if you're walking a character at a, a normal video game's character walking pace, if that makes sense. Anyone that's done VR, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you get in there and you're trying to move a character around while you're the eyes and ears and in that world of the character, I mean, you could very well make yourself toss your cookies. Yeah. So, so try doing that for a 60-plus hour game. It's just, I don't know. I don't think uh, the, the human brain and eyes can do that. Now, if they did what they did, uh, what's that place called at Disney Springs? The Void or whatever the, the void, hell it is. Yeah. Now, if they did mm-hmm. that where you you actually, we all have these packs on that we can wear and we walk through warehouses in the VR space, then yeah, fuck yeah, sign me up. That's still the greatest, the greatest VR experience I've ever had because you are actually, as a living, breathing human walking ducking aiming shooting in a vr space um so you're probably not going to get that tone so i mean I, i'm not gonna it's a good ask we got it we got to ask for this the, the moon and stars when it comes to this stuff my friends yeah. uh, but but stuff like that probably just isn't going to happen for it's, development it's also, aspects at this point VR is heavily dying out yeah it's again. going it, it's back on the decline uh, yeah it, it's just as as I predicted when I was still back in the, the, the video game space, it's a fantastic technology. It can do amazing things, but we still struggle as developers to make must-play experiences in virtual reality. Yeah. And not just one a year, right? I mean, you, you could argue Squadrons is a must-play VR experience, but okay, that's one game out of a thousand that got released in 2020. Yeah. And it's just, you don't, and, and squadrons was unique because it was kind of that dual thing. Like tones was talking about, it wasn't a full fledged, like $60 game, but it also, you know, it was a dual experience where you could choose to play it with a controller. You could choose to play it in a VR headset setting now. And that works with flying. Cause either way, your, your point of view is just a fixed cockpit, right? And then the yeah, world I mean, the, rotates around you. So, yeah. So it, there, there wasn't a lot into it. And I will say like PlayStation, the only home console that, that gives you VR has said like, yeah, PSVR, like PS5 will support PSVR, but like, we're not making a new one for PS5. Right. So like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it just, the install base is down. It, it, it would not happen, but Am I poo-pooing on a, a VR action Star Wars? No, I would love it. Like I said, do it in the void. Give us all fake lightsabers and let us run around a warehouse swinging violently into the thin air. But in our <laughs> minds, we'll be kicking ass and taking names. Exactly. So, uh, so Nick, we're, we'll have more to talk about the video yeah. games because, like I said, the fan question a week is all about that. So I'm sure yeah. we'll be commenting. The and- one other thing I want to hit on before we close this real quick for for people who were asking like KOTOR 3, make this KOTOR 3, if that was going to happen, that would have happened under EA because KOTOR is a Bioware property. Yeah, they own that. Yeah, so if if, if KOTOR 3 was going to happen, it would have happened before the exclusive. And, and again, or under EA the hasn't been completely shut off. I mean, they're still yeah, no, allowed they to play in the sandbox. It. So, I mean, so it, it, I mean it, it's very possible that it does come out, but KOTOR 3 won't happen because the EA exclusivity has ended. That could have been done 
regardless. And knowing that Bioware is now working on a new Mass Effect game, highly unlikely that you're going to get a KOTOR 3 or continuation of that. Um, just just not, not even in the realm. I mean, especially considering that a lot of what KOTOR 3 would have been was done in Star Wars The Old Republic, the game that I'm playing, the, the online game. The one thing I, I will say for this open world game, as we put it to bed, and just to get everyone prepared for it, I would not be surprised if it is set in the High Republic era. Just I was going to say that. Just dude. to keep driving material into that new era, to, to keep expanding upon it. So just be prepared. Uh, I'm not going to say that that's going to upset me because hopefully once I get through more of the comics and the book, I'm going to be all in on the High Republic. But we all know the Star Wars fandom. We all know there's going to be people out there going like, High Republic, what the fuck? You got all this content. Skywalker, Luke, 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 Mando, Grogu. You know what I mean? So That's what I told you guys last week. I said... If you want to be ready, if you want to be in with the, the future of Star Wars storytelling, get in on the High Republic ground floor. I would not be surprised if this game was High Republic driven. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. going to be that way. If I had my choice, I would probably go end of the OT. Actually, I would like it right around the Mandalorian timeline, if not just the fucking Mandalorian, the video game. All right, let's yeah. be real. I would take that any day of the week, just like the rest of you. We control Din. You can have a party. You get uh, Neo Boba can pop in and out. Dummy Kara can pop in and out. Bo-Katan. You can go visit Grogu and Luke doing their thing. That's not going to happen either. But yeah, I mean, I it's either it. going to be like you're either going to establish a new timeline with it, like like what happened with the original Knights of the Old Republic game, where you completely establish a new timeline. Yeah, you're right. And I, you I don't think that's Disney, though, man. I think they, they got plans. They want their timelines, the ones they've created. So uh, yeah. I'm just I know you, I know you'll be able to handle it. But yeah, we I'm know fine. we know Star Wars fans and it'll definitely get some of them fired up to the point to where they want to burn down the mouse again. So, yeah, just, I'm not just a, I'm not a crazy person. I will I will consume the content that is provided to me. Uh, exactly. But, you know, I'll have opinions on it. Yes. But also I I get enjoyment out of star yeah, he's, wars he's not regardless. gonna let it ruin his day is what yeah, he's saying like, you know I, I'll, I'll it's just like last week like if, if you ever think you're gonna get nick any more worked up than last week like the end of last week's show that's about it that's about that's, as hard, as worked man. up as he gets you know i There's, don't know i think big amish pulled a clip for our tiktok check us out we got big amish <laughs> helping us there on the tiktok the, the the social media intern but i think he pulled a clip of of nick's rant and i'm just sitting there laughing the whole time that's I'm laughing because I know that this is Nick being angry. Like that was his <laughs> Matt's Boba Fett, Bozo Fett rant. It's just way more civilized. So, subdued. I w <laughs> the one thing that annoys me in life and in Star Wars and in everything is other people's incompetence or yes. other people's stupidity. Of course. And last week was an example of that because it was other people stupidly saying that the high republic is bad when they had never even read anything about it right like and that just gets to me so i'm I don't with know. you too man i mean everyone is entitled to an opinion i still understand what opinions mean i understand they're way different than fact uh, what i don't understand is forming opinions based on other people's opinions 
or like Nick said, having a strong opinion on something you've never even checked out yourself. Yeah. Like how, how is that even possible? It goes back to our, our review discussion. Like, do you, do you wait for reviews? Do you watch uh, video game reviews, movie reviews? And, and I'm like, to me, the only reviews worth checking out are for items that are going to cost you a lot of fucking money. Otherwise, yeah. roll the dice, go in clean and see what happens. Because even if someone says, eh, it was okay, you will go into that game, that book, that movie, that show with a preconceived notion of it being average. Yeah. And the way you watch it can actually change. I'm telling mm. you. I'm telling you, it happened with me in Wonder Woman 84. It's all blown up. It's awesome. And then, okay, everyone can watch it now. It's terrible. Even knowing that, I went in with a skewed idea of what I was about to watch. And it did ultimately affect how I felt about the film after all. I have watched it twice. I can confirm to you that Wonder Woman 84 is not that good. It is a C. It's a 7 out of 10, 70 out of 100, however you want to rate it. There you go. There you go. All right. Last piece of news we got before we get into the fan segment this week is a it's an overhead shot of the Kenobi set. Uh, and it comes from the Sun UK. And yeah, how I will about say that, after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's not a leak. It's not anything else. It literally came from a, a, a news sort news source. I don't know what the Sun is. Apparently, I read the, the well, Reddit yeah, comments. Um, and tones, like, if you're still if you're not napping yet or figure <laughs> fucking hurts, if you're out there before work, <laughs> is the Sun kind of like a rag out there? I mean, is it like a, like a, like a, a shithead magazine? Apparently, some like, like a National Enquirer over here, is it? Is that just like a, a national magazine? It's like on the up and up, like it's legit. Somebody said on the Reddit thread that it was like, it's like the Fox News of the UK. Okay, so yeah, a bunch of shitheads, <laughs> so like, a, like a propaganda uh, uh, shithole that is contributing to the <laughs> downfall of civil discourse. Yeah, so... Which makes sense, considering that these people literally, it looks like they rented a helicopter... <laughs> And buzzed one of the Star Wars sets sets that have been set up, built in the UK. Yeah, it's uh, in the Nick, town I don't know, of like Little Marlowe. Okay, Trevor is spot on. That makes sense. Thank you, Trevor. One six it's like the New York. Yeah, Post. the New York okay. Post is it, that makes complete sense because that is basically like a shit show magazine. <laughs> okay. uh, just, just trust me. It's not real. They they put a lot of bullshit in there. Let's just say Trump, I believe, was really good buddies with the person that ran the post, and they used to spin stories or kill stories that would affect the Fuhrer. Great. Uh, so it's one of those type of deals. But anyway, Sun UK literally got themselves a helicopter, a small plane, a glider uh, hung th by the feet of, of geese. Who knows? <laughs> but they got a a a bunch of overhead shots of a very Star Wars-y looking set that is being used to film one of the current shows. And I know, Nick, they, uh, I was saying, like, how far down did you get into the Reddit thread that this came from? Because a lot of people are sitting there like, what? How's this Kenobi? How is this Kenobi? Because if, if you're looking at the pictures, if you're on the live stream, you're checking these pictures out. What we see is a, a fully realized town, if you will. And it is about as not Tatooine, most this, most that inspired looking as it gets, right? I mean, there's, I mean, to me, there it does have kind of a Tatooine feel. That's that's my opinion because, like, 
you can see that the coloration of the buildings are pretty much exactly the same as the coloration of the buildings that we saw throughout Tatooine. It's still using the same like stone at, in terms of the, the building material. I feel like it is, it does feel Tatooine, but I don't know. I mean, like the, do you, do you not feel that? No, I okay. don't even look at the doors. Like the doors are all Hobbit style. They're like these circle doors, which I don't remember from Tatooine. Tatooine had a lot of those, you know, uh, sliding elevator type of doors. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at Mos Pelgo from that. Well, to dude, see, Mos but... Pelgo is nothing. I, I can tell you right yeah. now, it's like two buildings and, and they still have that very dome looking hovel structure to the Lars homestead, like that type of building. Like, I'm not getting any of the iconic Tatooine dome structures here, which obviously they don't have ceilings. So who knows? Maybe they'll put them in uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it didn't feel, it didn't feel most icely. It didn't feel most Espa. Uh, and I could really be a douche and be like, well, Nick, it's clearly mm-hmm. not Tatooine because they have red sand down instead of sand. See, I think I didn't even take that as like, I took this as completely unfinished in, in the way that like, there's not, they didn't even put the sand down yet. Yeah. So like I was looking at this as like an unfinished set because we know that Kenobi doesn't start filming until March. So there's still a lot of time for there to be yeah, set did, completions it, and stuff done. It just, the overall I just, architecture doesn't speak Tatooine, at least what we've seen on Tatooine in the past, which clearly just because we know of three cities on Tatooine doesn't mean we know the whole damn planet. I understand yeah. that. All right. I just I looked at like it. the building material, the color of the buildings, the 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 fact that you are that they are essentially built in the same kind of cramped, almost like strip mall style. Yeah, like I, I, bet, you, I mean, so was Navarro, uh, Jetta. Yeah, I mean, that, that we're getting in the the chat here. You know, a Jetta feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can see that as well. I mean, if it's Kenobi. You are, I mean, like, again, we don't know this is a Kenobi set. We do know that the Kenobi, that Kenobi is being filmed in the UK. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I believe the sun ran with this is the Kenobi set. But, you I mean, know, th- dorks like very... us were like, we're like, oh, but, you know, it doesn't look like Tatooine. It could be the Andor, which, yeah, it could, I mean, to me, this set feels very much more Andor than Kenobi. But let's not be the same fools we were with Mandalorian. We're like, there's no way they're ever going to bring a Skywalker onto the show. Yeah, I'll whip myself if they do it. I, I, I will say that given the filming timelines, this a set finished to this degree in the UK is 95% Kenobi. I mean, we, we know that Andor is, is you know, they're filming not, over has, there, too. Yeah, it, it is. But I, I just don't think that this I mean, this just feels like a Kenobi set to me. All right. But it feels I, like I, an I Andor set I mean, to me. Not that I even know what the fuck that is yet, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, but I, I like to me, I looked at it and I looked at the coloration of the buildings. I looked at the, like the, the building style and I thought it felt like Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And, and we could be surprised. Like I said, I think we've all learned our, Oh Jesus. <laughs> Something almost came up on that one. I think we've all learned our lesson after Mando season two, and that is <laughs> to expect the unexpected to to just because something seems either too obvious or too of a reach 
don't automatically write it off, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this this very well could be Kenobi, and maybe he does get his ass a starship and goes to another part of the planet or leaves the planet for some reason. Hell, maybe this is a, a part of a flashback moment, and you're going to see uh, Kenobi and Anakin walking through whatever fuck city this is, talking about the good old days when they were bros. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying be. to escape the the oh it's it's got to play out this way it can only look this way because obviously uh disney and the people working for the disney plus star wars shows have, have proven to us that uh they're not idiots they got tricks up their sleeves and they're not afraid to go places that fans think could never be a reality yeah yeah i agree so it's hard to tell other than like likely a sandy place given the the way that the buildings look <laughs> like you know so it, i mean it could be it could be jetta i mean if you are uh actually if you're in the kenobi timeline jetta is still there yeah so you could you yeah, could it, go to jetta that city has not been wiped off it, of that it has planet not yet been destroyed yet <laughs> i mean it could be uh you know realistically on tatooine we've only been a couple places like there's it's a whole planet there's another one like i i'm gonna give chewbacca's left nut this is not a bad one either i mean it looks it almost looks like corvus yeah yeah there's be. there's a corvus look to it and like i said i mean it could be you know star wars hobbiton you, you just don't know uh what it is it is neat too because i mean we used to see stuff like this all the time before the pandemic when you know that th this uh, art form could be done out in the open and all the time there there'd be leaks for this that and the other thing so i guess as someone that's that's been into this scene the star wars news scene leak scene it's just it's refreshing to see shit like this again right it's like okay yeah mm -hmm. we are still making some moving images for the the tv or the big screen uh, but it is, it, it's nice to speculate over, but yeah, who, who the fuck knows? I mean, yeah, who knows? I, I'm, it's, it's clearly Andor or Kenobi. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to go with Andor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could, it definitely could be either, but yes, it is I, nice I still to believe, I believe big Dick, Ewan McGregor. Is he a sir yet? Has he been knighted? I don't think so. He should be knighted up there with, with <laughs> Sir Paul. But I believe he was like, listen. If you want Mr. Hello there to come back, I'm not leaving the fucking volume. Yeah. Like, if, we're, if we're sitting on Tatooine, you assholes better figure out a way to get this all done inside with the big pretty screens because I'm not fucking around outside. I don't want to get wet. I don't want to get cold. I am Ewan. I've got the high ground McGregor. Thank you. Yeah. So filming for Andor started in November. Yeah, which this could very um, which, well I mean, falls falls in line with have been used yeah. for it. So yeah, could could I mean it could still be being filmed in uh, in London. That says filming for the series began in London at the end of November 2020. It's just when I look at this as you know someone in the collecting space, like these these are your your big boy and girl diorama builders right here. Like if if you look at this yeah. set. Like this is what the, the the toy people do with their foam, and it's impressive. But look what these motherfuckers do it with actual buildings. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's mostly just front facing stuff, but they are still fully crafted structures. Like, in interior as well. Like you have to have stuff built out in the interior so it's you crazy. can film in the interior. So. Crazy. Uh, I mean, yeah. But, it's, it's, Liam it's, keeps saying, "Let's look at the Andor, you know, concept art." That, that, that's fine. I mean. 
I, I agree with you. Look it up and let us know. I'm in the middle of a live show. Yeah, we can't do it right now. <laughs> I just can't start pulling shit up because you never know if our website will actually function in the browser I use. Yeah, and, you know, there's just... It, it could be either is the best way to put it. And I mean, just like... I don't know. Like, Yes, you're right, Vicente. These are real-ass diodes, just like our yes, real-ass real, real diodes. All that I, shit. I mean... <laughs> Some of the concept, but like, that's the thing is like some of the concept art that they showed in the, in the sizzle reel, I don't remember there being anything that was very city like. No, like the, 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 the biggest one I remember is the one where I'm, I'm speculating or my source told me where we're going to maybe see Andor being younger. And he's, he was, remember that planet Nick where you had old galactic Republic star destroyers kind of on their side. Yeah, where they, they almost became living structures, and then you you know yeah. saw little towns around them. So the the first I just linked Matt a a, a thing. And right, the here first, we go. We're, we're doing it, Liam. See, yeah, you get, the you first get what you want. So this says all eleven concept art pieces revealed from the from the sizzle reel. The only one you got to look at is the first one, and you can kind of see like oh, it's cut off right there. You got circle doors right yeah, there. Yeah, Nick. circle door. So yeah, I mean this Done. is potentially. It's from Andor. We solved Andor. it. Thanks, Liam. It's it's done. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely could be Andor set. Right there. Nick is right. I mean, I'm being a little bit of my narcissistic ass that I usually am, but I, I'm doubling down now that the, the, the leak set is for Andor. Look at that. An unknown city right there. Circle yeah. doors. Set, kind of the same structure. Done. We yeah, solved yeah. it for you once again on the Star Wars Time Show. Bing. With help. From the young Liam. There we go. Uh, so yeah, I have to, done now I have to done. go in and change everything. Overhead view of Andor set. God. Done. No. It's fucking done. We did it. We did it. <laughs> okay. Sussed out on the show. Told you. It, our sources finally got to us in our earpieces and just said, go ahead and tell them it's Andor. Yes, fine. They there gave us go. the okay. We did it. We did it. <laughs> um, all right. So... Uh, that's all the news, though, for this week. As we said, there there wasn't a lot. We still juiced nearly two hours out of almost of nothing. Of course. Um, but it's time to get into our fan segment this week. And and as as Matt said to me uh, earlier today, it is hard to come up with questions when there's no Star Wars content happening. But the one that we came up with was, if you were designing it, Describe your ideal open world Star Wars game from Ubisoft in a few sentences or less. He literally put a governor on you, Bastajan. He was like, few sentences or less. Yeah, he did it. He he came through though. He, he came did. through. He did. All right. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start because I think yes. he's up front. I'll, I'll take a few and then turn it over to you because the old uh, prostate is filled up. It's, it's starting go. to pinch a little bit. The bladder needs to let loose. All right, now for the clickbait title. You're you right, Liam. We got to get better at that. <laughs> uh, if, we, if only we had people on Reddit that didn't auto-block our domain, we, we probably could yeah, we start could. to generate some of that buzz that KRT gets, but alas, we're banned. <laughs> yeah. All right, happening. so here we go. Question of the week with the Groucho Marks uh, emoji. If you were designing it, describe your ideal open world Star Wars game from Ubisoft in a few sentences or less. See, I put that in there because you have to include that it's going to be glitchy. Yeah. All right. There we go. 
So up first is from our buddy Basajan, who uh, I don't know if he recruited Chewbacca's left nut, uh, but Chewbacca's left nut is definitely of the same ilk, slightly yes. demented. I like it. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell Nick in the chat. Chewbacca's left nut told us <laughs> this is great. He found the Star Wars time show by going on Apple's podcast, and he thought ours looked cheesy enough to give a try. <laughs> <laughs> great i hey. was like hey if hey whatever stands out whatever works because he's like it, it looked cheesy enough and now he's addicted i'll take it <laughs> i will take it yeah yeah that's a win i will take it we're like a skin rash you know it looks a little <laughs> cheesy but if you you know rub it on yourself you might get addicted to that feel there we go all right so here he is uh star wars toy 73 darth hideous aka abasa jam I've said it before, a reskinned Destiny, either strictly Mando-centric or High Republic-based. And I, I'm not opposed to that at all. I like that. I think with, with that style of game, Destiny is heavily dependent on multiplayer interaction, though. Um, which would be interesting to see if they could basically make an unnamed protagonist and build it as kind of a, an MMO light where you still have story elements that are being told like in De more like in destiny two than in destiny one. Right. But it is more focused on multiplayer content. Yeah. Just going out together as a group loot and shit, shooting shit, trying to get yeah. the best gear you can get. And I think it, that would be a, a perfect setup for the Mando style. Yeah. For the more Beskar shooter, yeah, the scoundrel, the, the bounty hunters. I don't know if I'd like that as, as Jedi, but yeah, I, mm -hmm. I would take that. I mean, Destiny, I, I have not played the most recent. I might check it out because I actually did. I forgot to bring this up. Uh, Nick, I, I finally decided to give Games Pass a try on Microsoft. Thanks. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's essentially Netflix for games, albeit you're limited to EA Play, Microsoft first party, and just older games. But you have access to over 100 titles whenever you want to. You just download them because you're, you know, you're paying a monthly fee. And if you already buy Xbox Live Gold in a game or two a year, that's essentially what Games Pass costs. I think it's 180 yeah. if you get the ultimate for the year, where 60 that's how much you got to pay just to use Xbox Live. So 120 these days with the way games cost, I was like, fuck it. Who cares? Let's try this thing out. Yeah. And um, uh, it's pretty damn cool. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I, <laughs> I'm probably going to laugh, but the game I spent the most time with was this new Tetris Effect Connected. <laughs> Dude, okay. it's like, yeah. I mean, it is, I've always liked Tetris, but it, it's a game where I feel like if you were on acid okay. and didn't know that you were playing this version of Tetris, your your mind may have felt like you finally transcended time and space and have become one with the universe. What the fuck? Dude, okay. it's like like they like when you lay blocks, people start talking to you and shit's flashing on the screen. I mean, it is Jesus. it is highly visual. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is way whacked out. Hey man, um, whatever you draw enjoyment from, if that's what you're into, then fuck it. Yeah. 
I, it, it was, cares it about was neat, CDPR. but I don't know. I'm glad I finally checked out Games Pass because now I can play some of the uh, this the Gears Tactics. I don't have to buy it. It's part of the sub. Yeah. I'm not even sure how the fuck we got here. Oh, Des- that's right. Destiny's Destiny. latest expansion is a part of Games Pass, so I probably will check it out. So because that's a Beyond Light or whatever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I haven't played. I've played every expansion because, like you said, Destiny does give you... A, a, a bit of a, a a structured narrative, right? Like there's usually a story with these expansions and then it's post content. It's just the, the, the grind for your light levels, but mm-hmm. uh, that, sorry, big, big fucking tangent yeah. there. Yeah. Tetris really, um, look hey. at these cocksuckers. <laughs> hey, hey I, I grew up a, 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 in the dawn of gaming. I, I don't, I'll play anything. I mean, when Dude, you, I up, remember. you grew yeah. up, Nick, right? When you grew up playing in, in four bit and eight bit systems, <laughs> Any any game is is a joy, dude. I can. That's why like little shit games. Like I mean, even I I feel like people our age are are more of the of the people who play like Swago because I feel like if a if a thirteen year old picked up Swago, they'd be like, "What the fuck? This oh, is it'd dumb. Be the dumbest shit in the world." Because it's yeah, not just but like constant. for us, like who both grow up playing like. NES, SNES, Game Boy, like original big ass brick Game Boy, like with no colors, you could get enjoyment out of anything. Like, you know, as long as it is relatively interactive and your motions cause feedback, then it, it, it counts. Apparently me playing the most, uh, the, the LSD version of Tetris has really dated me, according to Liam. <laughs> And now he is waiting with bated breath for me to start playing Facebook games like <laughs> like real old people do. Look, I don't know. I think I feel like Facebook games are for people who don't play real video games. And That's that puts right. us beyond. It. I am just I am re it, it, it's almost like a, a renaissance is happening with me and my gaming passion because the 10 years I took to play in real gaming media damn near killed the hobby yeah because it went from wanting to play the next hottest thing to oh i've got to review butt fuckers on pc from joe blow studios it's like great yeah cool you gotta play a lot of bullshit or or anything you get even the good games you get you get them early be like sweet but in the back of your head's like you got to get it done you got to get through it you got to get the review out blah 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 it it, it just kind of soured the hobby but now that it, that I've been away from that for over a year now, it, it I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm a gamer first and foremost. I mean, I am a Star Wars fan at my core. I, I can't even tell you I've always been a Star Wars fan. That's how long that's happened. But up next was gaming. Yeah. So getting back to it and actually doing it on a daily basis again has been nice. And I don't give a shit if I'm playing Tetris or not. I'm gaming. That's all that as matters. Lo- as long as it's something, yeah, and you're getting enjoyment. No, I'll tell you, dude. That's all. Tetris that on the weekends after I had a few beers and it's late at night. That shit, like, I feel like I'm going to church because it is. <laughs> it's not just. It is not the Russian Tetris that we all remember. You've played on your T80 Texas Instrument Calculator. Yeah. I mean, this is like it's like rave Tetris. Yeah, I wonder if Liam. I don't know if kids still play games on their calculators anymore. <laughs> Liam might not remember that. You know, I've I mean, actually heard that there's still an issue because you would think, well, fuck, you know, they have smartphones now. Why not just use those as your calculator? Smartphones, for the most part, are, are banned in math classes and shit because you can just sense. go on the internet and research stuff. Uh, so I guess the 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 TIs are still being used, but 
programmers have gotten better to where I believe in the even the TIs they can program the cheat now. So who the fuck knows what's going on? But oh let's continue on. Sorry, a little, right, little tangent next. there on the gaming. Up next, this comes from Go Figure. Uh, they would like open galaxy, different faction options, bounty hunting, and starship battles. Drop the mic. This kind of sounds like kind of like Eve online. I'm sure you've heard of the game. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, like if you've been in the gaming space for a long time, Eve online is like one of the longest standing MMOs out there. And it, it has become like a like a real world economy and and society unto itself. Right. It kind of sounds like this, like, you know, different faction options, which is in Eve, Starship Battles, which is in Eve, Bounty right, so, Hunting. You know, you'd have like, you, you got Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Uh, you got the, 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 the Spice Guild or whoever the hell they were. This, this kind of sounds like a new style MMO, almost kind of like Star Wars Galaxies except more focused on like the actual kind of like, like you said, like the underworld factions where you can jump in and like, you know, when you create your character, almost like, like in star Wars, the old Republic, you create your character. Are you on the, are you Imperial? Are you Republic? This would be like, are you Crimson Dawn? Are you, you know, blue sun? Are you, you know, black hand, like all of these different syndicates and stuff like that. And then, you you jump yeah, you could in. take on you could take on bounties if you wanted to. You yeah. could just go start shooting people yeah. in your starship like, if you wanted to. It would be interesting too, because if you built a game like that, like I, I get a bounty, I'm 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 blue sun, but you also have the opportunity to get that bounty, you're Crimson Dawn. So we show up at the bounty and we're both trying to get it. So then all of a sudden you're you're now in a PvP battle. You have to kill oh, yeah. the other bounty hunter. Yeah, so in that order shit to would get stress me out too much. <laughs> I, I, I will say at this point in my life, I don't want to fuck with other real people in most of my games. Yeah. Especially if it's to compete for something. Like, I just don't want that stress. Yeah. I don't need it. That That is a stroke waiting to happen. No, All right, up next, I'm ordering toys. We we did we got a few new responses. I don't know if that means we're getting new fans or the, the algo just showed it to different people in the morning, but ordering toys... I don't know the whole game, but something where you where you are on Tatooine driving a land speeder for about 20 minutes or more after a Jawa barge. Then when you get there, it's an impossible platformer. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a that's a vision, if take. anything else. Interesting take. It's, it's like a, I'm like... assuming where the game starts. It's almost like a driving game. You're you're chasing down this barge, but once you get to it, it it turns into a platformer, it like a Mario platformer. Yeah, it's almost like the Star Wars games on the Super Nintendo, like yeah. SNES, where it would mix genres in between levels. I mean, you'd have driving levels, you'd have platforming, you kind of had action combat here, boss battles. That that would be interesting. I like that concept. Very cool. Okay. Well, nice, nice thought from ordering toys. All right. Next up, we have action figure Neverland. He says World of Warcraft slash SWOTOR style. I'd want another MMORPG, but I'd settle for just an RPG. I'm almost done with reading Light of the Jedi, and I think it'd be cool to center the game around that era. Since we know a lot of the people don't like to read, (laughs) it'll be another cool outlet to flesh out that era. It'd be awesome if you could play uh a uh a nile um and he and then he responds and says 
And no, I didn't misspell SWOTOR. Star Wars. Oh, the old Republic. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> nice. Did I go pee yet? You did not. Okay. So if you want to pee, Said, you can that do just that goes now. to show people that are listening here. I truly do go into a trance on the show. Yeah. I, I know like 10 minutes ago, I was like, dude, I really got to piss. And then I just got right back into it. And now I'm sitting here as Nick's talking. I am fighting my head going, did you pee or did you not pee? <laughs> and if you pee and you already forgot and you already have to pee again, you need to check yourself into a fucking yeah. hospital. The, the prostate. Uh, I was like, may, Jesus. May have a problem. I will say for, for Brian, it is almost impossible. I mean... I, I, I won't Nick, say do they even do MMOs anymore? I was that kind of died out. That's exactly what I was going to say. Most studios now don't even attempt to make MMOs because it is impossible to break into the like the space. Mostly because World of Warcraft dominates it. People like, still play that. Like it's still active and World of Warcraft is as popular now as it was when it released because really? apparently the new Shadowlands expansion is incredible. But like world, and of we're Warcraft, talking what? I mean, is this fifteen years at this point that, that that world's been alive on their servers, or at least ten? Uh, world for, of Warcraft. For wow, oh, World of Warcraft came out in two thousand four, so seventeen years. Jesus Christ! Um, and Blizzard. but that's the problem is like unless you have, and and this is what makes it possible for Star Wars, unless you have a franchise tied to it, it will most likely fail within the first three years. And, and even and Star Wars fail. I mean, how long did Galaxies live before they pulled the plug? Gal- Star Wars Galaxies actually lasted a while. And the funny thing is, is the reason that it died was because Star Wars The Old Republic came out. So Star Wars Galaxies came out in 2003, and then it it ended its run in 2008. So like, well, I remember they years. had like a, they just kind of let the server run and, you know, some server shut down on December 15, 2011. Yeah, and like so the players lasted. that were left, they had, you know, a big ceremony. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like it, it uh. shut down on December 15, 2011 and Star Wars, the old Republic came out December 20th, 2011. So they shut down the servers because yeah, was, that game came out. It was a out. straight trade. It was a straight yeah. trade. And now people still play that game in private servers. So a Star Wars MMO can work and it has worked. I mean, Star Wars, the old Republic came out and like I said, in 2011 and it's still going, you know, rel- I mean, like that's the thing. It's like a success of an MMO is based in relativity. Like, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I, I never got into MMOs and it goes back to what I just said. I don't like fucking real people in real life. I don't want them in my video games. Uh, cause for the most part, I think there's a lot more Leroy Jenkins out there than people I'd want to play with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, if you were to play an MMO and this is kind of like, like I finally, like after I started, like I finally found a guild where I'm going to start raiding with people, like doing in-game content. Yeah, so you've, you found good people that are g- going to enhance your experience your, in the yeah, game. Yeah, your experience, seemingly. So there there you go. It's like, it's hard, like unless you start, it's, it's better to start playing with friends. Um, so it, it is kind of, it can be difficult to find a good group to play with. But here's something interesting about Star Wars The Old Republic. In an earnings call in October 2019, EA announced that SWOTOR, Star Wars The Old Republic, was closing in on a billion dollars in lifetime revenue. Jesus. 
making it a huge financial success based off of the reported $200 million development budget. Right, because at this point, as Nick said, up front, yeah, they had to dump in almost a quarter of a bill. But outside of that, I bet they, they've, they've probably kept a, a small team of developers to work on future expansions. They Post- probably they probably kept a little bit of a support team just to keep the, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure running, the servers, the network, all that shit. But that's it. Like, it, I bet this game at this point does not cost a lot to run. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, they've been running the game off of what's considered a skeleton crew for an MMO, which is still probably... 20 people to 20 to 40 people actively developing for about four years now, three to four years. And it, but they still like, they've come out with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven expansions for the game. You still like the game just launched on steam. So now you have an influx of new players coming to it. I mean, it's, it's, but that's the thing is like MMOs cost so much money to develop up front because you essentially have to develop the game to have your release content and you should have at least three years of content planned immediately once the game well, Yeah, releases. there's that, but fuck, I mean, the world itself has to be a living world even more so than other video games where exactly. they put in quotes a living world. Like they have to account for idiots like Nick and everyone else playing to not fucking break the world because you know mm-hmm. that's what people are trying to do. When, yeah. when you get into a game in an MMO like this, you know there's people out there trying to find the exploits and, yeah. and, and ways to hack the map. And I mean, like, it, It's fun what some people find, but as a developer, you're sitting there. You're essentially, as Nick has explained, this skeleton crew, think of them, they're, they're digital gods at this point. Where yeah. they oversee this little digital world and have to make sure Nick and his buddies don't fucking burn it down. And and the thing is, is like with this game in particular, it it was completely different than any other MMO because it was fully voice acted. It was fully um so so like you had like all and it, it told a full individualized story for every class that you played. So like fully voice acted individual story, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of talent went into making this, not just in terms of coding, but in terms of like actors, which yeah. usually you don't have to worry about. This is one, like the more you talk about it, it's one I wish would have made it to consoles because I'm never going to fucking touch it on a yeah. PC I mean, and it's, 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 it's un- MMO. I don't want to get involved with, with other Nimrods, but yeah, it does sound like a fun game. And I, I'm not saying I wouldn't want an MMO Star Wars coming up because I think we've at least met enough like-minded Star Wars dopes through the through the show that we could actually probably have a decent, fun guild. Uh, but my preference is always, I, I want a game that I know I can enjoy by myself. I don't need other people, or I don't have to have the fear of other people trying to fuck up my enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, if you, I, I think right now the success of any MMO is based off of like, can you get it onto a console? Which is why Final Fantasy XIV has been relatively successful because it is a cross-platform right. MMO that has literally, it died. Final Fantasy XIV came out and it tanked because it was terrible and then they re-released it and it was it, it became very no, popular. I well, don't well, think... We know what Nick wants the game to be. He's definitely going for an MMO. But how about our next one here? Vane 21. 
Yes. I'll read this and then I, I really do have then to take a leak at this out. time. I'm yeah. not kidding. Like no more teases on the pee break. It's got to happen. I'm starting to shimmy and shake a little too early. The show's not over yet. But anyways, vein 21 red dead redemption two type of open world with that much interaction, but have it like five planets to where you could travel via cutscene, ideally with all the worlds having a Red Dead size map of their own. So yeah, uh, we we've seen a few of these RDR GTA types. I'll go ahead and let you speak on it. Why I mm. uh, relieve myself? I think that this is probably the way that we all want the Ubisoft game to go. Like when 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 Matt and I were talking about it on the article, that's what I said. Like if you made it to where it was more planet based and you're hopping around. The different planets uh that would be cool it's similar to what we saw in jedi fallen order except the difference was you didn't really have the expansive map size that vane is talking about for each planet you it, it was typically a smaller area per planet but if you were to do that where you're essentially planet hopping and then each planet was huge then that would be a really cool way to handle it it's just hard it's hard to do that because that is an, uh, like a very expansive, like Red Dead, you're essentially talking about making five Red Dead Redemption games in one. Yeah, uh, here's, <laughs> I guess here's the deal, because I, I, I do like this, but hear me out. Think of it, you know how Ghost was portioned out? Mm-hmm. into three separate right sections and, and it of made Tsushima. sense i mean it made sense we're talking like i don't know what century that was but but clearly well before gas-powered vehicles or, yeah. or starships or any of that fun stuff so the game was essentially positioned on this island and throughout the three acts you could go back and forth between the entire island especially when you made it to the third act but the but the main bulk of that act's story took place on a new part of the island so think same thing but in star wars instead of going to a different part of the island you strap your ass in your ship and and fly off to another planet that is also going to have a pretty expansive map because yeah let's be real i mean I didn't break out my ruler and look at a key to do the conversion, but I would assume if you started at the top of Ghost Island and and rode your horse all the way to the bottom, it would take a decent amount of time. Yeah. So so each section of the island was still big in its own right, but it was a part of an overall game. So, you know, kind of think of that way, but parse it out on planets for Star Wars. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, similar to to how we got Jedi Fallen Order given to us, but he just wants bigger maps for it. And Um, hopefully not not as shitty as an in-game map or just maps in general that Jedi Fallen Order presented. Like, even how bad that map is in, in Fallen Order, the map, when I look at the map in Cyberpunk 2077, I want to stab my eyes out. I, it looks I mean, awful. visually, it, it is, you know, it's cyber, right? It's it's like you're on some sort of drug, but I can read so that map, Nick. Like, I can actually yeah. figure out where I need to go. You pull up Jedi Fallen Order, it's one of those 3D deals on a 2D yeah. plane. You, gotta like, rotate the X, Y, and Z axis. It's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I need to get to that room that's down there. It should be right below me, but what the fuck am I looking at? I mean, that's (laughs) what I felt like anytime I popped that map up. And that's why in that game, I didn't really feel like exploring. I was like, fuck it. If I I wander into a secret area, great. Otherwise, I want to get out of these shitty design maps and move on to the next one. It was a little difficult to read for sure. All right, we got uh, Jay uh, Moore, Moore 3000, 3000, I think, was in the he chat, had, still in the chat. There we go. He had responded to our question last week uh, as well. He says, uh, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind, the 2002 release, not whatever uh, they have for their MMO, but on a much larger scale and set in the New Republic era, era. I don't know, something about mopping up remnant forces is very satisfying. Morrowind was fantastic because every aspect of your kit was modifiable quests were very vague so you actually had to work to complete them not uh no compass markers to follow just something that doesn't insult my intelligence okay so jay moore is a real gamer i i like being i like having my intelligence insulted as a gamer (laughs) i want i literally my favorite games are the ones where if i put a map marker down I can see it in the world and fall a line on the floor to get there. I don't like getting <laughs> lost. It gets me fucking frustrated. I just want to move on to the next objective. I do appreciate those that are more into the no HUDs or bus type of mentality where it is mm-hmm. very super immersive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I get that, but no, I mean, come on, you people know me. I, if, if I can play on easy and still get the, the full game, I'm going to get it at this point in time. I don't want to get pissed when I game anymore. My goal in life is not to bite my fingers anymore gaming or smash controllers while gaming or bite the fat of my forearm while gaming. This is all shit I used to do well into my 30s. I don't need to do it anymore. It doesn't make <laughs> it fun. I have a I lot think- more fun feeling like I may not be challenged enough in a video game versus having a game frustrate me to the point where I start to see stars and want to kill. Yeah, I mean, I, and the good thing about games now is that a lot of these games that are, you know, like Tulu 2 or like Skyrim and stuff like that give you the option. Right. Like if you yeah, want to play can craft your experience. Yeah, like you can you can choose like I don't want to HUD. I want to walk around and when I pick up a mission then I want to find where it is. I yeah. don't want to be led to where it is. Um I, I mean so honestly, one of my favorite parts of Ghost Nick and it had a very clean HUD. I mean it was it was mm-hmm. clean by default. But the fact that I could swipe up on that controller and get a general idea of the direction I should head based on the wind blowing. Yeah, that was fucking perfect. I, I, I really did like that. Right. Because well. it, it did. That it that doesn't was... really fuck up the game world to where it's, it, you have like a neon line to follow. Yeah, it, it's a little goofy, but it, it at least leaves the world in a somewhat natural state but allows you as someone that may not like just arbitrarily walking through a world and not knowing if you're actually completing progress or making progress. Uh, I did like getting that kind of uh, that cue like, yeah, idiot, you're going sort of the right way. Yeah, Keep going it, that direction. Generally the, the correct direction. So, I mean, I think that, th- that something like this is possible. And now that we see that Lucasfilm games is actively working with Bethesda, it wouldn't surprise me. Totally. If, if, if it was if we did get a Star Wars game that was developed by Bethesda, I just don't know if they would develop it only that way. They would give you the option to play that way where no HUD, you have to make your way through right. the world if you yeah, want to. Yeah, I'm all to, for that, but, then, but 
also you add know. dummy mode for people like yeah. me or, or like relax. It's not even like you're dumb. It's just I, I just want to chill. Uh, you know, I have limited time in the game. I'm sure I'll get more the older my daughter gets and the more she hates me. But <laughs> right now, I'd say on average throughout a week, I'm lucky to get five to six hours of gaming. Yeah. Total. So in that five to six hours, I prefer to know that I am actually making progress that's going to get me to the end of a game so I can start a new game versus the uh, kind of the more artistic, organic experience of just living in a game's world and wandering around and and maybe kind of creating my own quest flow. I, I'm not saying you people are dumb. It's just <laughs> the way I game now, the way I need to get through games, that's also a reason I might throw them on easy. It's just getting through stuff to get onto the next one because when you develop a backlog that I have now in gaming, it, it kind of makes you feel like an ass uh, where you've missed some gems over the last 10 years because of, you know, procrastination, spending too much time in a game, uh, writing about games, doing reviews, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I'd be down with Elder Scrolls Star Wars any day. I mean, I, I never got into Morrowind, but Skyrim is still one of the most time sunk affairs i've ever had in gaming yeah multiple i played skyrim on multiple i mean ridiculous amounts of hours and this is when i was still in corporate america so i had a lot more game time because that's all i did because i hated my life i just go to work game go to work hate repeat type of shit but jay moore before we move on he threw in another one a genre that a lot of us have not talked about yet and it's one that i would be down for because uh, Jay Moore threw out XCOM 2, which is an RTS mm-hmm. uh, type of Star Wars game. I'd be down for that. And I'm excited to get the Gears Tactics, which is part of Games Pass, that that is essentially XCOM, but in the Gears universe. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. RTS, like, that's the thing with this license now is that you're opening up to so many different studios. Like, EA was a pretty heavily, like, first-person shooter RPG studio. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. But now you're opening up to a lot of different uh developers a lot of different smaller studios and you could get you know rts games you well could even get that like i mean puzzle a- games xcom it's it's you know it's one of those time-based strategy rts's but you're, you're not really uh base building like some people may think when you hear rts but even that i mean i would take uh, and they did it i mean uh, uh, some of us older people do, do you guys remember galactic battlegrounds for pc it was I mean, essentially a a damn it, Blizzard's big one, Nick Star Starcraft. There you go. Yeah, it was essentially a Starcraft clone, but Star Wars, and it had. Yeah. I mean, you could roll out. I remember I would build up like fifty droidicas, and that would be my my attack force. It was fucking awesome. So I I would I would love to see a return to that genre as well with the Star Wars license. Yeah, I, I know I, that they did some like space RTSs as well with Empire at War. Yeah, Empire at War, another like one. That. I mean, I yeah. I really used to like that for Star Wars. So yeah, I'd I'd be down for that, but also the XCOM style of mm-hmm. time-based strategy. So good stuff yeah. there, Jay Moore. Way to get us talking. Yeah. Uh, Next up, Rebel Jawa says open world but set in the old republic. It's a period which really needs and deserves to be explored in current canon. I love Jedi Fallen Order and would be more than happy to play another Force-sensitive character, but I would love the opportunity to play as a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, I mean, Old Republic now is very weird. It's, 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 it's very weird because you have an active game that's being developed in that <laughs> era, and I know that technically it's not canon, 
but then you start to mess around with like it's it's hard to do it now i'll, I'll say it's, that it's, like what, what they've been doing with the old republic like you said nick is odd it's like yeah. they'll, they'll dangle it to get some money from it, but they won't commit to it being real, right? Like, yeah, like, like Swago, I mean, they, they've rolled out, it, it's as old Republic as it gets. I mean, outside of the, the first KOTOR, that's essentially what it is. They, they, they wheeled out every character from that and the sequel. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we got... get the toys, we get the figures, but like Nick's saying, they haven't really officially canonized these people yet. Yeah, like if they, if, if, if Lucasfilm Games goes in and says, KOTOR 1 is canon, KOTOR 2 is canon, Star Wars The Old Republic is canon. It, it opens it. You now have the ability to build stories off of those stories. But currently, if you go in and try to make a Star, War, like a, a Star Wars game based in the Old Republic timeline, do you respect KOTOR? Do you respect KOTOR 2? Or not? Like, it, it's, it's a hard period to develop yeah, in. right. Because the content that is there that's not canon is so beloved that if you went in and you overrode it or you made a game that didn't respect it, then people are going to hate you. But then if you go in and you make a game or you pitch a game to Lucasfilm Games and you say, I want to make a spinoff of KOTOR or like I want to make a game that, that, that functions in the KOTOR space where you're playing in the Mandalorian Wars. For example, there you go. There you like go. you, you know, right. But then Lucasfilm Games says, like, well, if you do that, then we then have to go and canonize everything that's in Kotor and Kotor Two. We don't know if we want to do that. So, the, like that time period's caught in limbo. And I agree that I want Old Republic content like crazy. I I, I want it so hard. And like, granted, I am getting it. I'm playing it. But I want it to be canonized and I want everything that I'm playing to have more meaning because it is now officially yeah, I, blessed by the Disney gods. I think gods. they've, they've kind of tipped their hand, though, Nick, with, with the High Republic. I, I think that was their way of saying, yeah, there are these older eras of Star Wars where things are more knightly, if you will, if that's even a word. It's not Keir Knightley. Yeah. Um, but... Our old era is the High Republic. Fuck you guys. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I have a feeling that's where it's going, dude. Yeah, I, really I, do. I don't know. I mean, and here's the thing: is like High. Re I mean, Old Republic was a specifically game-driven time period, of course. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Disney will allow them now that Lucasfilm Games is its own thing to say, like, hey, if you guys want to make this part of your game universe then go ahead like we will we will allow you to say that it is now canon yeah i'm, I'm like you they, they need to they need to they need, canon, to they need to canonize it but and they need to respect it uh, you yeah know, create those loose those loose bridges to kotor one and two yeah or if you're gonna decanonize it like decanonize it and then stop development on the star wars the yeah, and quit making MMO. fucking darth revan action figures and all yeah, that shit like just you, like, kill it once I, and for all don't tease us yeah because it's 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 in a weird limbo um all right so next up scotticus custom says something akin to an rpg where you can select the character be it bounty hunter force user etc as long as it doesn't turn out to be like <laughs> battlefront remakes uh, or COD. yeah so rpgs yeah i mean rpgs are you know, that's something 
I mean, it's it's hard to come by a traditional RPG anymore in gaming. A lot of people just don't make them. It, you a lot of times you get hybrid RPGs, which I feel like that's what like Cyberpunk is is like a hybrid RPG. Um, but I I mean I agree. Like if you built like a like a like a Final Fantasy style, I, I mean the Diablo general RPG, the, the the general themes we've been getting here is open world, which we know. Yeah some sort of role playing involved yeah. bounty hunter force. Yeah. I mean, those <laughs> seem to be the, the sticking points for everybody. Bounty hunters are in there and everyone. I mean, I am probably the only star Wars fan that does not have <laughs> a huge hard on for bounty hunters. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of these people would really <laughs> like the star Wars, the old Republic game. If it wasn't an MMO, like right, if they yeah. just, because you can you can be an imperial agent, you can be a bounty hunter. Yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty user. much scratching their itches, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, it it's is. already doing it. But the problem with it is, is like, and the thing is, you could play that game single player for fifty levels. Like you can, you can get you you play the first fifty levels of that game as an individualized story for your character. But the problem is, is it's MMO combat, and most people don't like that. Like. You you are you have like a skill bar at the bottom of your screen that has all your skills on it. It's not like right. it's not immersive combat like you have if you're playing like Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like your actions are based off of button clicks and like you hit square to slash and stuff like that. But that game is encapsulating a lot of what people are asking for. Yeah, it's I, just I, I know I know Scotticus is a big uh, customizer out there like makes a lot of cloaks and stuff for some of the toy photographers so good good to see him showing up here but yeah i'll tell you what if they could make a star wars shooter like a cod i would not i would not be sad if that came out every year i really wouldn't i'm not know, even man. sad that we get CO because i i honestly and i haven't played the new one yet but i still think cod campaigns are some of the most stupid fun in the FPS genre around. I, see, I told myself that when EA first got the license and I was like, I would love a battlefield skin battlefront. And then I got it and I was like, I don't love this. And I wish <laughs> I didn't ask for it. <laughs> so no, I don't I'm talking know more like I... straight up call of duty, first person shooter. You're, you're either a trooper, uh, you know, like a, a just a, a rebel slug. But, you know, all first person delivered big time set pieces, crazy espionage and shit like that going on. But, you know, Star Wars, because they are, I mean, a COD campaign campaign to me, it, it's just it's like blockbuster movie fun, just silly, ridiculous nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I would try it for sure. I would definitely try it. But I, I haven't touched the COD game in years like I've I've kept the only one I haven't played was the one that came out fuel it was um full on multiplayer I mean outside of playing it at E3 for press type of stuff that's it but if they have a campaign I play COD so I'm I'm I still hope to play this most recent version cuz I know my, I think they got they they broke out Ronald Reagan for this plot Yeah I don't even know what it is <laughs> It's crazy dude you know it's it's crazy <laughs> shit like cold war craziness Yeah all right, moving on. Phoenix Toy Photography, also known as, or uh, used to be known as SWTBS, I believe, Wild oh, Wing. Shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Nick, I, I have to explain these um, conversions to Nick. Yeah, I don't know. Because he's, he, he's not as in, in the know with people 
uh, kind of rebirthing themselves on social media. Yeah, I know. Apparently, you guys are just name changing left and right. Yeah, I mean, action figure noob did it. Uh, what was that Captain Ordo did Captain it? Captain Ordo did it. Now, and now SWTBS. SWTBS. But yeah, he's back. He's a phoenix rising from the ashes of toy photography. He's going for some kind of Red Dead Redemption would be very cool. Instead of a cowboy, you play a bounty hunter or smuggler with changeable outfits, races, and so on. Some planets to explore, and you can also fly through space with your spaceship. Yeah, very similar responses. Yeah, a lot I of mean, people wanting the same open world, you know, yeah. interactive, not even just open world, interactive world, you know, and they want to be able to interact with their environment and everything like that. So, yeah, similar um, uh, up next from the dude right here, Sir yeah, Dork Seven Thirty. He says, "I don't care what time period. Just let me travel to whatever planet I want, change into cool outfits, choose my race, find and modify weapons, make big decisions. You know, all the good stuff." And then uh, a response here from Germ Boy says, "Boy." Boy, yeah, with four eyes. <laughs> Says I like that idea. I want to be able to pick from a selection of Star Wars ships and hyperspace to planets in the Star Wars galaxy, and maybe customize your own character or pick from all of the most popular characters. Uh, maybe wherever you travel to, there could be option to battle. Yeah, we sure know what I mean, we want. There's no doubt about is, it. Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, this kind of feels like. Again, this is kind of like a like a a mix between Eve and no man's sky in a way, right? Where you're almost managing the economy of the game, right? Where yeah. you're in control like, of a lot of stuff as are other players and shit can go sideways. Cause no man's sky is, is very open. Like I haven't played no man's sky since it released. And I was one of those players who like, Bought it, was super excited, got it, and was like, "Oh yeah, me too." I can't fucking do anything in this game. It's dumb. But, appara- like, just but like, apparently, do do? apparently, it has become incredible since then, and right. I need to play it again. But No Man's Sky was the one where it's like, okay, once you get your ship, if you can look in the sky, you see that dot, you can fly to that dot. Exactly. And like you, like you get to that dot, and you see a space station, you can go to that space station. You can dock and. And I'm what, know, like on paper, Nick. These games always sound like the greatest thing ever but in reality it's just they're they're too big for their own good and that's the problem is they're impossible to develop exactly what jared what you're essentially describing is i don't know if you've ever heard of this game i think i may have mentioned it before it's star citizen except with star wars so star citizen was a very ambitious game that started development in like 2010 under chris roberts he was like a former developer from a big studio and that was his his mission was to make this game where where you could essentially anywhere you saw you could go it was like a it was it was like a real world economy like they would have you know you have flight modules you could land on the ground you could have ground combat modules you had ship modules where you were you know, everything that you did on your ship was a completely living environment yeah, and stuff like that. That's just too much, man. It's too the, the, much. The, the problem with that, yeah, exactly, is that it's too much for a player and it's too much for a developer. Yeah. And usually what happens is, I mean, kind of like what we're seeing with CDPR in, in 2077 is that like they put, they had such big ambitions that everything came out kind of mediocre. 
Yeah, and I like, guess that's a good point because I, I read and I was actually at the 2018 E3 where they showed off the now infamous demo, which apparently was all fake. Uh, I, I've read that now, but if you, if you were at E3 and you got to see the, the closed door demo of Cyberpunk, it was fake. Wow. Uh, you, you're supposed to be able to wall run in that game. You're supposed to have like dynamic carjackings in that game. Uh, you're supposed to have the most naturally functioning uh, digital citizens ever meaning uh, you know the world would be alive unlike you had ever experienced in a video game world but clearly the, that's not the case i know one person put out a video like uh, countering the claim that the, the it would be the most alive and natural game world ever created because <laughs> he i think it, it was like a huge traffic jam he as the player pulls out a grenade <laughs> and everyone at the same exact moment gets out of their car and basically shelters in place like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> the point being like, no, this is not a yeah. naturally occurring world. It's as scripted as it gets. I mean, yeah. he, he had like fucking 50 uh, non-playable characters essentially doing the exact same action. Yeah. And it's and it's 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 good to have that those ambitions as both a player just in don't terms trust it as desires. a player because i don't nick has there been any of these games where the developers and the publishers just promoted the shit out of it promised us the moon are there games that actually delivered of that nature Dude, i don't think hard. so i don't think and, so and i think the big thing is that bit cdpr is that like they kind of did it with the witcher like but The Witcher, they weren't promising you all of these things that you had never seen before in games. Exactly. They, they, they told you what you were going to get, and they gave you exactly that, and it was really good. And people had begun to think that, like, oh, well, when CDPR says they can do something, they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, they're magic. We saw like, it anything the they Witcher. touch is golden. But that's just that. And that's the problem is, like, when you have something like that, you, you end up sacrificing everywhere and everything becomes mediocre so like you know i want to have make big decisions that have big real world real game impact well that was mass effect but you didn't have the ability to choose your own ship you didn't have the the yeah. outfit customizations you could modify weapons to a degree you could you know you had racial options to a degree but like there's just not, you, there's no game that you can do that. No, and, it's, it's not there yet. It's just, it's just, I, I mean, it's getting there. AI coding, yeah. people writing code, they're, they're getting better. I mean, it's the not closest thing, like, like I said, like you're getting there because of procedural generation. And that's what No Man's Sky was. No Man's Sky was a, was a, a exploration and what procedural generation could do for a, right. an infinite universe. I mean, essentially. It, it essentially has an AI director mm -hmm. that will render out fully realized worlds dynamically, Instance, almost instantaneously. Yeah. Like as soon as you, as soon as you see it, it renders what that planet is. Yeah. When, when, when you, you brought up there. mass effect and we even got some people in the chat throwing mass. I mean, that, that would be a fantastic Skin yeah. that as a Star Wars game. Don't don't change anything. Just make it Star Wars. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, perfect. I, I agree. All right, let's keep uh, going here. We got a few more to go. 
uh, we're essentially just saying the same shit over and over yeah, at this I would point. Say we're, we're not going to go, unless there's a, a brand new idea, we're not going to Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and speed through some of these, but I do want to give the fans their due. So Mythos Boba, he got two replies of his, but he's looking for Mandalorian in-game form. Traveling around, picking up ba- bounties, going on adventures. Heinrich VC seconded it, and then Hops and Heroes thirded it. So yeah, there we go. We, we, we've definitely heard that one before. Hobson Heroes got his own. Look at this. Doubling up. Force unleashed, but open world. And uh, our buddy, uh, real ass painter extraordinaire Sean Forney Art also chimed in with the same idea. Something like Force Unleashed, but set in Nick's favorite era, the Old Republic. Yeah. Um, Here we go. Here's Chewbacca's left left nut. Look at this. I'd love for it to be like a Boba Fett based game, basically him making his way in the galaxy. Personally, I think that would be a great concept. And then he, he adds himself <laughs> to point out that I hope Matt doesn't rant about this. <laughs> I think, no, I think it'd be a good, a good one. I would be all for it. I, I, you know, I am on the record at this point in time. I'm never going to change. There are two versions of Boba Fett, whether you want to believe it or not. There is Bozo Fett. And that is the man that appears in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And there is Neo Boba, who uh, appears in the second season of The Mandalorian and really lets his dick swing in episode six. So there you go. Agree. I think that would be good. It would basically be like the video game version of Of the the Book Book of Boba. Boba, 100 percent. I would be Uh, all for that. Kingdom of Weird says GTA 5 on Coruscant. Playable character can't leave because he gets hyperspace sickness and there you, dies. There you go. I like so it. So just GTA 5 <laughs> in Coruscant. I like it. And yeah. I, I could get that. I really could get down with a GTA just nonsense game yeah. in Star and like, Wars. And like 1313, like take the concept of 1313 with Coruscant Underworld, except just GTA. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Caleb Hayward White says some kind of survivor of the siege of Mandalore. I, I guess. Yeah, I like that. Just yeah. because it's something different, it'd be like a, a new character. It'd be in a time period, something that has not been exposed to us yet. I mean, we're hoping to get more of the siege of Mandalore. No, we're not. I don't know if he's talking. Do you think he's talking Clone Wars siege or the Empire siege? I would assume that he would. Oh, oh and maybe. literally lead clones about. So he yeah, is talking. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right, the, my bad. The, the actual clone wars. Either yeah. way, I think it'd be a great setting. I, at first, I was thinking the the siege of Mandalore that we've been hearing from Gideon, in, yeah. in the fall of that, and why do all the Mandos disperse? Why are their factions created? Why are there the Kool Aid drinkers? But yeah, I, I like the idea of of Mandalore. And then our last one here, our, our, our buddy and soon-to-be official team member, if I ever get off my lazy ass and do something on the web server, and that is Baron's Black Series. A lot has been done, but imagine being a clone in the Grand Army of the Republic. The prologue is you floating in a growth chamber, then flash learning, and then it's your time to ship out. You have a hub on Camino, and you have to load ships and go out on missions. You could grow up to become an ARC trooper or a commando, or just a grunt. It kind of just depends on where you land. It could use some tweaking, but we've all seen been a Jedi or a smuggler before. A lot has been done. Granted, no in an open world format. My only other suggestion is that you're a foundling and adopted by the Mandos. So look at this. This guy like actually went out and, and, and provided a treatment. Yeah, no, I like it. I like that. Like playing. It, it expands more upon what was done in the Clone Wars where like you 
you become yeah, a big you, you fan get the, of the, clones. the clone perspective, right? I mean, I, I yeah. think the only thing we've had in that nature would have been Republic Commandos, but that was just kind of a straightforward shooter. Uh, not a ton of RPG getting in their minds aspects. So I like it. Yeah, I like I, it, Spencer. Like not bad. All right. Tones, we'll see you by. I was wondering how you were still uh, up and at him. I know it was getting late over there in the UK and he's <laughs> got to work. But let's go ahead and kind of round out this episode. We're going to move on to the next uh, part of our fan segment. And that is everyone's favorite. The now iconic, some say infamous, Top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. All right. This week we kick off with uh, two real ass painters and then we move into some toy <laughs> picks. But these are these are all really fucking fantastic pictures. It was actually hard to pick five from this week. But I mean, I think the ones that we picked up that I picked up were killer and the ones that Matt shared and the stuff that you guys have created were all just fucking fantastic. So uh, first up this week, I believe, is a first-time feature. I think we have a couple of these this week from Resurin Arts. Yeah, Resurin underscore Arts. This is one of those first and first type of <laughs> yeah. weeks for Resurin. Got, got so the first is, feature on the account and then the first top five. Yeah, so what we see, see here is a real-ass painting version of Darth Maul during the Siege of Mandalore. All right, real quick, Nick. I don't yeah. know if this is full-on all real-ass paint or digital manipulation. Digital manipulation of like a toy shot, Because he, he looks very much like the Hot Toys Solo Maul I have sitting next to me. Okay. Uh, Resurin, if you're if you're listening, if you check it out later, please follow up with us either through our Instagram account or if you're in the chat, leave a comment on the YouTube video. What type of art are we looking at? Are are you uh, manipulating other digital assets? Is this a, a a picture of a toy that you then digitize, or as Nick said, are we talking about full on real ass paint? It says, so one of his hashtags, he used as Photoshop manipulation. So I don't know if, if, if potentially he did like take a, a toy shot and then manipulate it. But what we see is still incredible regardless of how he made it. So what we see is it's not during the Siege of Mandalore because he's using the, the Darksaber. But what we see is Darth Maul full on double saber ignited behind him. Uh, Darksaber ignited in front of him right. and he's on the battlefield with the Maldalorians. You can see... Yeah, you, you could he, argue that's Gar Saxon there in the background. Yeah, Gar Saxon in the background. And he's in some sort of battle, battleground, and it doesn't look like he's on... At least well, no, he's Nick, not I'm, at I'm the actually on Resurin's account, and the the uh, the caption is this. What do you think the galaxy would be like if Maul ruled it? So I, I'm assuming this shot is a what if Maul actually got his way during the yeah. Siege of Mandalore and, and convinced Ahsoka that uh, Sidious and, and Anakin are bad? Yeah, I mean, that, that could definitely be. And it looks that, like if he did, he would have gone around and conquered worlds. <laughs> just yeah, like just kind of like what yeah. you would expect from Darth Maul. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's a fantastic representation. And like like you said the visage and the and the body of maul itself looks so good that maybe he did kind of take a you know that hot toys maul and just digitize it in you a just way don't know nick because i mean just last week we were talking about tegan lee draws 
Yeah, and we know all that's. But you looked at her portrait of Kenobi, and you'd be like, "What is that? A, is that a photo?" Yeah, I just thought like, it was a picture of you. <laughs> nope, nope. This young lady crafted it out of her fingers on an iPad. Yeah. So, so I mean, either it, way, Resurin well Arts, welcome to the Star Wars Time Show Club. Hopefully, you, you check it out and want to you know stick around and be a fan. Uh, those that may be new listening to this segment, the way to get mixed up into the top five and potentially get featured on an episode of the Star Wars Time Show is to follow at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram, tag us in all of your Star Wars posts, and also use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. That is correct. So, um, beautiful job at Rezerin, R E Z E R E N underscore arts on Instagram. Uh, next up is our good friend yeah. and uh, YouTube chat moderator, <laughs> Super Scoundrel, at Super underscore Scoundrel, with the, the incredible Heavy Mando, a.k.a. Paz Vizla representation using his signature vector art style. I mean, he gives every- him Nick and, and I don't know what you think when you look at this. And I don't know if it's the way Devin decided to, to light it and color it in, but he essentially t- explaining it to those of you that are just listening. Think of Paz Vizsla, so the heavy Mandalorian, but Super Scoundrel gave him Boba Fett's paint scheme. Yeah, exactly. And in his original caption is Paz isn't dead. He's just working for Boba now. So like, oh yeah. So there we go. So it is. <laughs> so it is Paz, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically. Once uh once Boba sits down on the throne and either, you know, starts the, you know, takes takes control of the hut cartel or whatever he's doing, he calls up uh Paz and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for an enforcer, but you gotta whip my paint style. <laughs> and yeah. you got you gotta yeah. rep the colors, bro. Yeah. So so you see, you know, full on heavy mando in the Boba Fett paint it colors. Works. The green, I mean, the it works. I mean, just imagine the, uh, Boba Fett on steroids. Same thing. I mean, it, it, it yeah. definitely works. I like it. And you have to think, uh, Paz is a Vizsla, so he is probably off his rocker in terms oh, of yeah. his, his Mandalorian culture. I mean, he's uh, could be a direct descendant of the Kool-Aid drinkers, if not one of the creators of the Kool-Aid. It's very possible. Yeah, him, yeah. him and Armorer out there. Uh, doing God knows what they're like Pat Robertson on the 700 club. <laughs> yeah. He could definitely be one of those types of psychopaths. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this is just love, typical. It, yeah. It's, it's at super underscore scoundrel excellence. Uh, I've, I've said yeah. it a million times. He's someone that I literally have to slap my finger and be like, Nope. <laughs> can't Dev, pick, Devin's can't had pick. his two or three shares this week. It's time to let other people play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just beautiful work. So make sure to give him a follow. If you have not all read uh next up is figure fucking hurts who i believe was in chat uh before i don't know if he still is but at figure hurts on instagram with this super awesome uh wampa hot like hoth wampa shot where we see the wampa on on hoth (laughs) before getting his arm cut off by luke skywalker just sitting here mauling snow troopers well yeah like, i mean this we'll just say this is probably a different wampa because Maybe Nick, different. these are first order troopers so you know that this oh probably, yeah it is i see the probably masks now. down the road but really it's just an amazing setup that yeah figure hurts went with here i think his name's daz but i mean look at that dude that i believe that ice cave dio is all practical like like the dude's That's, yeah like sculpted it out of putty or, or styrofoam 
you can always count on figure fucking hurts for doing something gory as hell. Like, like either having dongs hanging out, (laughs) shit logs, vomit. In this case, it's a, uh, uh, destroyed corpse. Yeah, <laughs> probably the, the, like a literal bloody dead skeleton. <laughs> oh, it is. It's just the 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 scenes this guy crafts. I mean, it's it's a great picture, but the work that goes into the scene setup and a lot of figure Hertz's uh, creations, uh, they're impressive. Yeah, and, and this is definitely one of them. And, and apparently. I think this is an old, old shot that he just forgot exists and threw it up there. And of course, we grabbed it. It's an eye catcher. Yeah, man, it's it's super eye catching. You're right. I def I was like I was just looking at the the guy up top, and I was like, oh, it's a snowtrooper. But then when I yeah, when I looked down at the bottom, it does have the. It's uh, even like the the, even the pose head. on the dude getting lifted up is is perfect. Yeah, because it's like his legs are like splayed. Yeah, he's like, like ah, he's his guns falling at the same time. He's he's getting a pick. Oh, there he is. He still is in the chat. Uh, so the dio is made from paper mache. And the LEDs on the guns are real. So those lights you see on the guns, if you're watching the stream, if you just look at StarWarsTime.net for our top five, that's practical and that's impressive. That is Um, fucking... uh, Yeah, I I, I would say Figure Hertz is one of the more practical type of toy photographers in terms of most of his shots consist of nothing but either practical effects or practical sets. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible that, like, you, he handmade this yeah. dio. Himself. It's people like him that discourage me from doing this <laughs> hobby, which, by the way, people, I finally did it. Last week, I, I had a shoot. There we go. I, it was basic as fuck, train. boring portraits of some of my hot toys. That I just wanted to get into the glass case, but I did it. But the, but the point is, I look at stuff like this and I go, damn, man, look what these people think of it. And then, then they build the dioramas, which just, they enhance the shot by a factor of a thousand. It's like, I'm never going to be this good. Why even do it? <laughs> Why even do it? it? It is, it is really hard to like imagine the amount of effort that goes into something like that. I can tell you, I mean, I don't build dios, but I know what it takes to even stage a shitty shot with random dio pieces. It is a ton of effort, a ton. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, some of these people, Nick, I, I bet they may spend days on a shot. They think about it. They build the set. They get it ready. They let it curate. They let, you know, all the shit dry. Then they got to set up the shoot, take the shot, edit the shot. Me, it's, oh, I got some time. Okay, here we go. I'll flip on a light and plop a figure down there and snap, snap, snap. Oh, it looks stupid, but I'll keep going. Snap, snap, snap. I think I'm giving myself <laughs> cancer by using atmosphere aerosol indoors, but I'll keep going. Snap, 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 snap. Oh, my fog machine's making my kidneys hurt, but I'll keep going. I mean, that that's... <laughs> And That's then basically Matt passes my hobby out now. and then he wakes up and looks y- at You his- can ask my wife after any photo shoot that I do in the house in my basement, I always come up saying, I'm pretty sure I just gave myself lung cancer. <laughs> and last week was no different because I woke up the day after I had my shoot and I had a consistent resting heart rate of 98 BPM. Wow. That's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> That's yeah, a little high. So Damn. I think I huffed uh, one too many snorts of fog mixture and a few uh, splashes of atmosphere aerosol. <laughs> but either way, uh, at figure yeah. fucking hurts. Doesn't need all that bullshit because no. he crafts the stuff in the reel and shoots it as it sits. Beautiful job at figure hurts on Instagram. 
give him a follow. Next up is a another first time feature here. This is from at Russ underscore Barry, B-E-R-R-I-E, with the scene recreation um, from Hoth. This is from ESB where you get a bunch. Of, I mean, I guess it's not really a scene recreation. It, I mean, it's sort of you, you did get Vader kind of walking yeah. down the icy hallways, but it's not. You're right. It's not a shot for shot recreation. Yeah, it's not a shot for shot one, but it's pretty close. This is what happened in Hoth. Exactly. So see, it's Vader breaching the Hoth base yeah. and coming through looking for uh, Leia, Han, and, and the rest of them. Yeah, and really reminiscent of the Tanev Four scene like right from the beginning of yep. the new hope where yep. he busts in and he's got the troopers and he's got the, you know, the, the rebellion trooper shooting at him, but except it's done with the Hoth rebel troopers. And then you get stormtroopers coming through, uh, just really well lit. The, the, uh, post-processing effects with the, um, the bokeh in there. And then the laser shots coming in look really good. Um, staging is really yeah, good to too. me, the, Nick, honestly, the thing that caught my eyes, it, it, it has a lifelike quality to it. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know if you want to call yeah. it a cinematic feel, but it feels like a still from a Star Wars movie. It does. Yeah, it really does. And um, it does sell that kind of oh, yeah. cinematic it's just, it's feel. It's a very nice dio. I mean, it's a, it's a picture-perfect Hoth quarter dio. Uh, you got you got like the little lighting up there, and I'm assuming those are real lights coming down. If not, that's also good work with some VFX to kind of make a give that light kind of its light cone light funnel whatever you want the the, the beam coming out yeah i uh, know it just uh, it really feels like a like a still a movie yeah. still like yeah straight from the from the movie itself so excellent job at russ underscore barry b-e-r-r-i-e on instagram give him a follow and then finally for our last of the top five we have at Black Series BLK SRS here with the Maul DeLorean shot. And I mean, Black Series Zay is already, you know, he, he's, he's a, a master. He's a pimp. But but this one here, the the atmosphere that he used, like that red smoke in the background, the it's just everything about this shot is so perfectly executed for like a, a blasting off Maul DeLorean getting ready to go into battle. You've you got to go, people. You got to go check out at BLK SRS, this shot in particular, because he, he does he always does behind the scenes. Uh, but you'll see, I mean, Black Series, now, now don't get me wrong, don't take this the, the wrong way, but Black Series excels at simple setups that look like magic. Yeah, this is literally in his backyard against like a shed. And he's using red powder with a long tube that is hooked up to one of these drain guns. A lot of toy photographers use for the the dirt explosion, the particle effects. And he just kicks that off and it, it sprays up that red mist. And he, you know, he's got his camera set to high shutter speed. It's probably doing uh, multiple snaps per click. And and, you know, I'm sure he goes through. A litany of shots finds the best one adds a little photoshop polish to it and here we go yeah i mean the fact that he was that he literally did that with just he literally he just boom and then that's that powder goes up 
and he pulls out like literally this perfect shot and just some simple Photoshop at the end of it, you know, adding some bokeh in the background, adding in the the lens flare with the light coming off of the jetpack. Yep. yep, that's it. Everything else I'd say and, is it was shot as is. I mean, yeah, it's just it, it, Zay has a very artistic eye for these damn things. I mean, he is not much of a scene creator like some of the other top dogs. But he always manages to make his subject shine. And in some cases, with you know simple setups, any of us could do in our own backyards. And I think that's why I appreciate because I, I get hung up on like, oh, I want to do intense dio work, like a like a figure hurts, or I want to do more action scenes, like a like a Sir Dork. And it's like I I should just realize. What, what, what I'm good at. It's, it's a singular figure. Somehow try to make that figure shine and somehow try to make it look like more than you just sat it there like a lazy ass. And took the picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and if you look at a lot of Zay's work, it is like, especially a lot of his recent figures, it's it's single figure. That's what I mean. It's what I've been saying. Single primary focus. Like, so, I mean. And but he they just, look like fucking works of art. I mean, yeah. look, look at the remake he did. Of the Moff Gideon season one ender shot. You've got to be kidding me. That's all real. (sighs) That fucking busted up TIE fighter is real. Yeah. I don't know, man. It did all that shit. That's fucking magical. The the Boba Blast. That's another one. I was going to say the Boba Blast off one is fucking. That's a black backdrop. He's got that dust again in the drain gun. And, you know, it was just an excellent snap. I mean, it really is. But then you, you get stuff like this one where. It's a full-on composite of like that rubber ducky tank going across the farm yeah. field. I mean, th- then it's like art. I-, I don't know, man. I mean, I I, I always appreciate what Black Series does. Yeah. Uh, but he is he is someone that that excels at this hobby. And uh, typically, if he's dropping a Star Wars shot and remembers to tag us, it's it's going up. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work. So at BLKSRS on Instagram. I'm sure most of you are following him. He's got almost 50,000 followers, but if you aren't, go give him a follow because he's well worth your it's feed just, space. If you're into the hobby, he's very gracious. I mean, he's someone that I know I've been able to DM and get advice from, but also in every one of his posts, he gives you a detailed breakdown of how it was achieved. Yeah, how he did Doesn't it. Doesn't mean so. you're going to be able to make shots like Black Series. I've figured that out the hard way, but... It helps to kind of get, you know, just like our boy Sir Dork. I mean, I'm glad his YouTube channel has finally taken off. I think he uh, just got a hundred thousand view tutorial, but uh, and that's all Jared does is he's trying to show other people that get into toy photography how he creates the stuff that made him popular. Yeah, um, yeah. So. so people like that, they're great to follow if you want to try to learn, try new things. It just doesn't mean you're going to get that type of following. <laughs> yeah so just if nothing else follow him to to learn a little bit to to you enhance go. your skills just temper so. your expectations though because <laughs> it really is i mean it, it's anything on social media very rarely uh, does something come through just years of hard work a lot of times something just random happens and you get that viral attack yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to say these guys don't work hard. They work very hard, but uh, at least in terms of, I, I mean, I guess the best way I can explain it, look at the Star Wars time show. 
Lots of hard work. Lots over many of fucking years. hard work. <laughs> lots of fucking years, and we still have not had a viral moment. So what does yeah, that say but, about us? I've tried to say it means we suck and we should quit. A lot <laughs> of you tell me I need to shut up and just, you know, it'll come. But you kind of catch my drift. In well, this day and age, in these spaces we play in with the Instagrams, sharing toy pictures, or even doing silly podcasts like the SWTS, a lot of times, no matter the effort put forth, by the creators, the content creators, a lot of times it may rely on some old blue hair on Facebook making shit go viral. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that'll happen to us one day, but until that time, we will continue to <laughs> plug along and give you yeah, guys the I content that we, we've we missed our viral moments. I mean, outside <laughs> of me sitting here with uh, nipple tassels on for four <laughs> hours and swinging them around as I talk about Star Wars. I don't know. I don't think we're going to have that. So we're just going to have to build it slowly, but surely as we've been doing for these past too many years, my friend. And as you kind of let on, we have made it. We have made it through 145. It went way longer than I thought, but that's because of the gaming stuff. We all had a good time speculating, dreaming, pining for this open world Ubisoft game that we know is happening, but we don't know what it's going to be like. So hopefully everyone had fun, but it is, it's time to say goodbye. Like Mr. Rogers, I'm going to put my sweater away and strap on my shoes and leave the neighborhood. But as I leave, let's not forget to do the dance, right? Shimmy it and shake it and then get your happy ass over to StarWarsTime.net. And why, you may ask? Well, because it gives us a cheap view, which could equal a half a penny in ad revenue. But in all seriousness, we want you over there because that's where our content lives and it's where you can find our other platforms. Most importantly, if you're new here and you want to listen to the podcast on a, a specific podcast platform, you can go to StarWarsTime.net, hit subscribe to the podcast, or just scroll down the page a little bit. Look at the sexy content. Look at the dudes, dude one and dude two. But you'll also notice... You can find our podcast platforms right there. So Apple, Google, Spotify, Android, Pandora. We got it. If we don't, get on one that we do. Because there's no need to make any more. We're not going to dilute the brand any more than it already is. If you're someone that likes to look at people as you listen to them, we do the live streams every Tuesdays for the most part, in between 2 and 3. I think that's our, our window these days. We, we, we kicked off at the 3 o'clock hour with this show. Next week, you never know, it may be 2.37. But if you're subscribed to us on YouTube, you'll always get that notice when the bozos go live. So again, StarWarsTime.net, in the sidebar, Star Wars Time on YouTube, click on that subscribe button. If you're watching this shit show right now, go ahead and give us a like and a comment on the stream, and then pass it on to a friend, right? There's a lot of humans out there right now that love passing stuff on to other humans. In America, it's COVID-19. In other countries, who knows? But what we want you to do is to start passing on the Star Wars Time show. Look at young Liam today. He tricked someone from TikTok to come in and even subscribe to the channel on YouTube. That is the type of fan service I'm looking for. That is what we need the diehards to do. But even more, outside the diehards, 
trick someone else. Tri- trick your grandparents, like I've said. They probably don't even know what's happening right now. Just throw on the Star Wars Time show every Tuesday to give us another view. It's not going to bother them. As long as they get their 4 o'clock dinner, they'll be cool. Throw on some Star Wars Time. Because there's always time for Star Wars Time. There almost wasn't time for Star Wars Time for Nick today. But even he, through the Force, commanded the power company to get the lights back on because he knows, I know it, and more importantly, the diehards know it. There truly is always time for Star Wars Time. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars Time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.